0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Can you feel
2: it
0: coming in the air,
2: Canes Nation? Miami has been waiting for this moment for a very long time. Imagine this, going on the road to play the number one team in America, thinking you actually have a chance to win. Miami has not beaten a number one team on the road. Since November sixteenth, 1991, at FSU. The last home win against the number one team was on October 7th, 2000. Also against Florida State. The Canes thought they were ready for this stage back in 2017 when they met these same Clemson Tigers for the ACC championship. They were wrong. Miami lost 38-3 that night and it probably could have been worse. So three years later, Here, the Miami Hurricanes are again, with another golden opportunity to re-inject themselves on the national scene in college football. It has been quite a run early this season, with three appearances on College Game Day and ABC's primetime national game slot on Saturday night. Find a way to win, and this moment in the limelight will continue. Lose as many expect. And it might be a while before the Canes see the grand stage again, certainly at least till they play Alabama to start the next season. People will be calling these upstart Hurricanes a pack of lies if they don't show up and represent on Saturday night. It's a great opportunity, no question about it. And it's just a great turn of events that Miami goes into this game with expectations. That's the backdrop tonight as we begin a new edition of Cane Sport Live, presented by JFQ Lending, your full-service mortgage provider licensed in more than 40 states. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and we welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live. As always, it's your show, And it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in that queue. We once again asked the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topic and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address those tonight during the course of the evening. A lot of, a lot of really good stuff was submitted. So Miami versus Clemson. Whoever would have imagined that we would be sitting here in early October totally intrigued by this concept of traveling up to South Carolina to go against the number one team in the country? There are so many subplots, but here's the bottom line. This is an opportunity to see where the Miami football program is right now. Miami heads north with an exciting new offense. The Hurricanes have a difference-making quarterback, which they have not had in almost 20 years. If this feels different to everybody out there listening tonight, that's because it is different. And I asked Manny Diaz about that this week. Obviously, when you play a team, you study them in in depth in every single area. What are you seeing that allows Clemson to be Clemson nine straight seasons of 10 or more wins? And now having gone through this process in 2017 and now here in 2020, um, how much better equipped do you feel today than maybe – you were in 2017 when, when you played them?
3: I guess I'll start with the first part of your question. You, you, what you, what you see is, um, a culture now that's used to winning, you know, where, where the leadership of the team has been able to pass it down through generations that when freshmen come, Hey, this is the way we do things here. Um, you see the stability that they've had on their staff, which is immeasurable. Um, It's you know when when I got into coaching, that's very similar to what was going on at Florida State in the '90s, and you could see how valuable that was because everybody in the program was in total and perfect alignment, uh, which is very rare to have in in college ball or to be honest, any sport um, nowadays. And and I think that matters. And then they have had a run of really starting with Taj Boyd, you know, with just transformative quarterbacks, you know, into Deshaun Watson and. And, and then obviously now Trevor Lawrence. And again, it's, it's, it's just, we, 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 make things sometimes overcomplicated, but when you have a guy like that, it, it gives you a chance to win. If you have a guy like that and you play defense, like they're going to play defense, um, you're gonna have a chance to win every game you play against everyone you play against. And, uh, and they believe that um, in terms of the game in 17, um, as opposed to now, um, obviously, you know, that situation ate us up a little bit um, being there. We, we were very close. Uh, we had been in a big, you know, in a big game. Obviously, it's Notre Dame, but not quite in that setting, um, you know, of what it is in Charlotte. And it was, it was a great learning experience. And uh, um, you even, you know, Bronco Mendenhall even mentioned it in his post game press conference: the difference between playing Clemson and Charlotte a year ago as opposed to um, their efforts this past Saturday. So, but that's what I talk about when you're building a program: you've got to get into these type of games um, to get your sea legs, where when 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 the ball is kicked off, it doesn't take you you know, a couple rounds of the, of the boxing match to really feel like you can throw a punch. And, and that's a great challenge for us. And the only way to do it is got to earn the right to get into these games, which is what we've done over the first month of the season.
2: All right, so there's no question Miami has a lot to prove Saturday night, just because of the recent history as much as anything. But I've looked a lot at this Clemson team over the last seven, eight days. And I think the Tigers have a lot to prove themselves on Saturday. Let's be honest, when you set a bar as high as this program has for nine years now, it's difficult to keep matching that every year regardless of how well you recruit. 32-game, regular season win streak, 24 straight victories in the ACC. They've outscored ACC opponents in that stretch by an average of 32.4 points. So yeah, this is a statement game for Miami It's also a statement game for Clemson to prove that they're at the same level that they've been in recent history. And, um, Diaz was a little hesitant to paint it in those words
3: though. I think as I mean, forget about even following Miami as, as you all know, anyone who follows college football, um, statement games are always statement games until there's another statement game, you know, because it just, that goalpost of whatever statement you're trying to make always moves regardless. Um, So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get ourselves in a position where playing these games is not extraordinary for Miami anymore, Um, that we're in these type of, you know, primetime matchups, the college game day thing, playing a team like Clemson. It's not – this is is how you build a program to be in these positions and have it feel kind of natural and normal, which is exactly what it does to Clemson. So um, this is a great opportunity for us in terms of what we've done over the first three weeks. Um, to go test ourselves against a team who is very comfortable in these settings and is, and is but had to earn the right to be there. They weren't always this way. That was kind of a thing for them early on. And now, and someone told Clemson that there was a statement game, and it, and and they had to sort of move through these same guideposts and to get to where they are at today.
2: So there's so much to talk about tonight. So let's get right to your calls the number 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 you hit the number 1 on your keypad if you want to join us on the show and let's go out to start the evening to the 941 where the Mikester Kane is on hold Mikester welcome back to Kane Sport Live
4: oh, it's great to be back Gary it's great to be back where have you been for the past
2: 2 weeks <laughs> Well, we had a show last week. You weren't on it? Yeah. I don't remember.
4: Yeah, yeah it was booed. Uh, uh, I forgot what day it was. But anyway, I got a question to answer you. Let's get this thing started off. One quick question. How are you doing, Gary?
2: I'm fired up, man. I, you know, to to see Miami in a game like this and not thinking that they're guaranteed to lose by four touchdowns is – is a nice feeling again. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. We've, we've had a lot of, a lot of games like this, obviously through the years, but I'm excited for this one because I I think that with this offense, the way that Rhett Lashley is coaching it, that they have a chance to go up there and be competitive on Saturday.
4: Oh, hell yeah. Well, I'm glad you gave me that answer, bud, because if you're all fired up, you just blew them out. 52 to 27. Because you see, (laughs) football is 80% mental and 20% physical. And I also got other things to say, too. Three words. Yes, we can. We can win this game. Not going up there to compete, but win. And, you know, you got confidence, man. You got confidence. You can make no mistakes. Make no mistakes. Offensive, defensive line. Has to play physical. I mean, when they hit to block, you got to hit them as hard as you can on every single play. You got to execute your blocking assignments. You got to do your swim moves on defense. Do your stunts or whatever it is that they're going to do. And receivers, I'm telling you, they got to step up because there's a good bet that Clemson is going to have to try is going to try to take away the Brevin Jordan, uh, Will Mellery one-two punch. So. That's what I've got to say for right now.
2: I mean, that sounds like like a logical game plan for them. You know, uh, I think you do want to take Brevin Jordan out. I think uh, Brett Venables is going to come after Miami. I don't, I don't see him letting De'Ara King sit back there and go through four or five progressions like he, you know, right. has in, at some moments this year. Uh, I, I think he comes after him. I think he tries to swarm him. Um, get arms up to try to affect his vision down the field because he's a smaller quarterback. And I think that the way the offensive line is able to hold up and the way that Cam Harris um, and yeah. Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney are able to pick up guys is going to determine how competitive Miami is in this game.
4: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Physical, physical, physical. This line has got to be physical. Those backs have to be physical. They have to hit, and they have to hit hard, body blow after body blow after body blow, and you got to hurry up. You know, the, the hurry up, the up-tempo, and attack vertically. Yeah, side-to-side. Side. I forgot which, which is which. I, the side-to-side, side horizontal, or vertically is up and down, but, but it side-to-side because if you, if you do side-to-side, side, a lot of side-to-side, side, you're going to gas the defense out, and that's what you got to do. That's what you want to do. That's how you're going to have a chance to win this game, and I think they have a chance. And I know that uh, a lot of these other guys out there think the same way, too. But I'm fired up, Gary. I'm really fired up about this, just like you are, bud.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting night. It's going to be very interesting just to see where we are. You know, you know we, we think we're a lot better. Um, you know, if it weren't for all the transfers, I'm not sure we would be thinking like that. But, we, we, you know, we have, you know, these five, six impact transfers that have made this team enormously better. And no doubt. you know that that's a third of the, the starting lineup. So you know, yeah, we're sitting here thinking that, that that we might have a chance to compete with these guys. We'll see.
4: Well, you know, look back at 2017, okay, Gary. The talent gap was like really wide. I mean, Clemson was like up at the sky, and Miami was, was like down on the water. You know, that's how far the talent gap was. But now, I believe it's closed. It's, it's the gap is. Has been closed. You know, it's not quite where it needs to be. I don't think, but it's but it's closer. It's a lot closer. So I think they have a chance, bud. And well, it's it's closer run. because
2: they you know they they've lost some talent there. I mean, you know, it, it's very very difficult to sustain the the level that that they were at. And you know, they're they're rebuilding a little bit on the offensive line. They're rebuilding yeah. at the wide receiver spot. Um, they're rebuilding yep. on the off on the offensive line. Um, they're rebuilding on the defensive line and they've had a, you know, a couple injuries there. So they're playing some young kids, you know, very highly regarded freshmen, but still freshmen. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't know that they're as strong at, at linebacker as they've been in the past. And the secondary remains to be seen. So while they recruit great and they have very good athletes and players, this is not as blue chip of a Clemson team as they maybe have had in some of these past few seasons. And that creates opportunities for a program that can come up there and figure out ways to challenge them. And with an offense, the way Miami's playing offense right now, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that, that could be an edge that, you know, allows Miami to be competitive. Now on the flip side, if the offense is not clicking and if Clemson's defense is able to slow it down and and stop them and put three outs on the board, then that's not yeah, going to spell very well for Miami's chances because now you're giving Trevor Lawrence a lot more opportunities. So, you know, we'll see. And this kid, and and this kid's as good as it gets.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the thing is keeping him off the field, keeping him and NTN off the field, is uh, pretty pretty well key in regard to that.
5: So,
2: yeah, you might be talking anyway, about the two, the two best players in college football in those two guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence oh, is yeah, going to yeah. be the number one pick for sure. And Etienne, if Trevor Lawrence weren't there, might be the number one pick himself. So uh, those are two elite, like top-end elite, as-good-as-elite-gets talents, and Miami's going to have to deal with
4: them. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about Trevor Lawrence, 73% uh, uh, completion percentage, I believe it was. The Last time I checked, I think it was well, and anyway, look, Gary, I wanted to start things off. Let's get all fired up, let's go, Canes, let's beat Clemson. All right,
2: all right, Mike, thanks
4: for,
2: th- thanks for the call, man. Thanks for getting us started. You know, I first saw Trevor Lawrence, have been telling this story a lot this week, been doing a lot of uh radio shows and stuff, but um. I first saw Trevor Lawrence when he was a high school senior, and he came to the Rivals five-star challenge. Uh, I guess it would have been like a little more than three years ago now. And I, the, the first pass I saw this kid throw, I was like, wow. Wow. I mean, seriously, the first pass, that's all it took was one throw. And I knew this kid was going to be something special. And, you know, watched him over the next few hours, just make throw after throw. It didn't matter. He, every ball was right on the money. Uh, I mean, the receivers weren't having to dive for anything. I mean, everything was right in their you know, right in their, um, their lunch basket. And I came back, I believe it was in Atlanta and I came back the next day and I was at a, Uh, a camp event and Mark Rick happened. I think, I guess it was the Mark Rick camp and he happened to be there and we were talking and I said, Mark, you know, Clemson has this quarterback coming in that is going to be transformational. (laughs) It's like, you have no idea. Like, and I'm thinking to myself like, "Jesus, like, you know, how's Miami ever going to win anything with a talent like this at Clemson, because I, you know, I knew what was coming, and you know, I was telling Mark Richt about this kid, and uh, you know, sure enough, exactly what I predicted that day three more than three years ago has played out, you know, I- I- exactly to the T.
0: Um,
2: so, you know, we'll get to see him up close on, on on Saturday, and and you guys will, you know, see what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure, like this this kid can fit balls and windows 30 40 yards down the field like nobody else in college football right now so uh, that will be an interesting uh, interesting thing to see how Miami's defense is able to handle playing against uh, a guy that can throw the ball with that level just like I think that Clemson's going to come after De'Ara King I would imagine that Blake Baker and Manny Diaz are going to go after Trevor Lawrence because if you give him time to sit there and survey the field and and, and that ball comes out of his hand, it, nine times out of ten, it's going to be right where he wants it. So uh, I don't know any other strategy that would be, you know have the potential to work better than sending guys after this guy and, and bring them from all different places. And I'm pretty sure that's what we'll see Miami do on Saturday night. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550, you hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 845, where I'm sure a very excited man, Greg, is waiting. Uh, Greg, how you doing? Welcome back to Cane Sport Live.
5: How you doing? Yeah, I'm very excited. By the way... Come on, Greg, Greg, show us some
2: enthusiasm. It's Clemson Week. Come on.
5: You, I, didn't sound, you
2: didn't sound excited. Come on, give us some excitement.
5: I'm very excited. Well, you sound a so gloom, so gloomy. Is it, there's a chance I might be going to the game, so uh, I have a chance. Um, here, here we go. First of all, did you see Mike Farrell's article today saying the talent gap is not that severe between Clemson and Miami? I did. Mike and Mike that. and
2: I talked about that a little yeah. bit this week. I, I did.
5: So you saw his breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, well, it's, it's a it's
2: a combination. The transfers have elevated our talent level, and departures have have hurt theirs. Departures and injuries, you know, have have compromised theirs. So they're 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 kind of coming at each other from different directions.
5: Okay. How much more confident would we be if we had Certain and Campbell playing corner this week instead well, of, of Blades and Ivy? Of course. To see the Alabama secondary, all South Florida kids. Yep.
2: Well, we already Alabama. knew that. Yep.
5: Yeah, yeah, well, we've got to start getting some of these guys. Anyway, do you think it'll be. Well, you know what? Let me stop you
2: me for a minute point? there because you're making a good point. Uh, they they do need to start getting some of these guys, but the way you do it is by going up to Clemson on Saturday and being competitive. I don't necessarily think Miami has to win this game. I really don't. I mean, obviously, we would like to see Miami win this game, but but for, for me, this game is as much about uh, re- getting some respect back. And uh, you you know you had some great opportunities the first you know these last couple of weeks being on national TV, and and I think that was the you know step one um, now this is step two and 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 bringing this program back is going to be a lot of steps I mean you know you don't just come back from being what this program's been for seventeen years and it do, it it doesn't just happen in in one flip of the switch because you got to remember the King's not going to be here forever I mean maybe they could talk him into coming back for one more year, which would be obviously an amazing thing but You know, Jalen Phillips is not going to be here next year. Brevin Jordan is not going to be here next year. Quincy Roche is not going to be here next year. Jose Borogales is not going to be here next year. Jared Williams at right tackle is not going to be here next season. Okay, so like, you know, I think you have to kind of remember that this is an intermediate landing spot here that we're at. And, and picking up all these guys that are, have walked in and are instantly better than anything that was on the roster has been a huge, huge uh, development that probably has allowed the program to skip a couple steps. But but now you got to take that and you got to capitalize it, capitalize on it. And, you know, that begins Saturday night. Like you have to go up. You have to be competitive. It has to be a real college football game. And And I'm not – like I said, I don't necessarily. Miami doesn't have to win this game. Nobody expects Miami to win this game. Uh, wh- you know why? Why would they be predicting that? But but they do need to be competitive if they want this great forward step that they've made here in the offseason with all these acquisitions, with picking up Brett Lashley to run the offense. If they want to make that count in the big picture, Saturday night's a really big deal.
5: Yeah, I agree. Do you think we're better off if it rains?
2: I don't think that matters. You know, I mean, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're try I think we're trying to play to a wash at the line of scrimmage. I don't, I don't see us necessarily being, you know, better than them at the line of scrimmage. I mean, we've got a couple good defensive ends. They got a couple good offensive tackles. Um, you know, they've got, you know, some very good young defensive linemen too uh, that hopefully our offensive line will be able to deal with, you know, I don't, I don't see this as like, Oh, geez, hope it rains. Let's play smash mouth football. You know, I don't think that gives Miami an advantage. Like, you know, we're, we're questionable at defensive tackle. We're questionable on the offensive line. No, I mean, we're not a pounded out power football team. We're a finesse team. Uh,
5: my final point. The key to us winning is the coaches consulting with everything 305, Mr. Nulliver. I'll see next week. Right. <laughs> that,
2: was a, that was a low blow. All right, Greg. Wow. He's taken, taken a shot at everything. He hasn't even been on the show yet. Um I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's even listening yet. Uh, I'm trying to take a quick look here to see if he's see if he's connected in. And he may not even know we have a show because of the odd night. But uh, no, he's not on the line. I don't see him on the line. But uh, wow, little shot at everything. But uh, just as a quick continuation to what I just said. So if they are able to to, to be competitive on Saturday night, that figures to help recruiting. I don't know that it's going to have a major effect in the 2021 class because that class is pretty much done and it's pretty much limited to South Florida kids because of the way this whole thing has gone, but it would definitely possibly make them appealing maybe to one or two more transfers, uh, you know, especially with free agency looking like it's going to be coming in college football early in 2021. And it certainly would help the the, the next recruiting cycle without question. So this is a big night, Uh, you know, for Miami to get to where we all want to see it get, uh, you got to, you got to take this step. You you, you got to take this step and you got to build on what you've already been able to do. And obviously the coaches have been working as hard as you can humanly work to try to get the kids in a position to make that happen on Saturday. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh going to be, be very interesting and and a lot of fun. But uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, and let's go out now to the 321. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
1: Yep, that would be me, Gary. What's going on, buddy? Who's this, man? This is Tony. Tony from Melbourne.
2: What's going on, Tony?
1: Going you don't on? you don't this call to so is.
2: often. What you got for us?
1: Uh man, I work late some nights when you do it. I work late on Tuesdays. Um yeah. but I wanted to make yeah, definitely, but I still listen You know what I mean, this is the podcast I, I participate in and I listen to while I work But um,
2: Well, I'm glad we can let, have let you on ahead. tonight so, so
1: talk to us, what's on your mind Let me go ahead and get into this If yes, we sir. were ever going to do this If it was ever going to be done It has to be right now it, mm-hmm. it has to be right now Clemson is ripe for the picking Right now Like, we're not going to get a chance like this I don't care who their quarterback is Their team is young on the offensive line, they're young at linebacker. Their secondary is young. Like, we have to do this now. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only chance. This is a chance we have right now. Like, I feel like we have to go into this game and feel like it's a must-win game. Like, I really don't even want to hear, like, if we compete or could we compete. No, we have to win this game right here and show the whole world how serious it is in Miami. Like, if we go out there and we win this game, Like, we would shut everybody up about everything everybody has had to say about Miami, period. ESPN, whoever wants to feel some type of way, no matter how much love we've been getting lately, we need to go and show everybody, the NCAA, college football, all of the people who hate Miami, that we are for real and take it out on Clemson. That same intensity we just had in the Florida State game, we need to come out just as intense and ready to play. And if they pay attention to detail, And if Manny can put everybody in position for this game, we will win this game. I feel like we can win this game. Like, I feel like this is the most winnable game against Clifton we have had, period, period.
2: Well, we don't play them very much, but I I don't disagree with you. I mean, this is as good an opportunity as Miami's had in a while, certainly since I think it was 2010 when we beat them up there. So that would have been 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, that would have been 10 years ago. That was back in a whole other era. Clemson wasn't even really Clemson even then. They were like they, – they didn't even have Taj boys, Sam Watkins, all those players who came through Clemson. Like, if you look around, like – I'll put it like this, Gary. Like, how many – like, the last few years we played them, how many first-round picks have they had on that team, people that were going straight to the NFL? Like, we can't really say that much about that this year. We can say ETN, you know, we can say their quarterback, but other than that, you know, can we really sit and say anybody else on that team is going like first round next year? Yeah,
2: um, i, I you know, uh, it, I, I I can't answer that.
1: You talking about Clemson, I mean. right? Like usually, yeah, usually we can say that. Usually we can say, all right, these players are going first round. I mean, obviously Did Lawrence you? and
2: Etienne are going this year. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, Amari Rogers. And, and it, i tomorrow, he's going he's
1: Rogers too.
2: but he's gonna go this year um yeah, i think he's, I, a, think I, think he's
1: too.
2: I, I think he's a senior uh he's yeah uh,
1: We're gonna i mean him, i'm pretty sure
2: they have a left tackle, um Jackson Carmen who's you know gonna be a pro prospect but he's a junior. I don't know if he comes back for a senior year or not they they tend to get their guys to come back for senior years but uh and, but no but no i mean i i, I get what you're saying here. And yeah, I mean their their, their talent line, is, is is older kids.
1: Okay, in their offensive line, that one person you just named is the only returning starter on that offensive line. They
5: mm-hmm. have not
1: played in a game at this magnitude yet. In the last game they had at this magnitude, they got damn near blown out by LSU. Mm-hmm. I think this is the time to take them out. That's what I think. That's I agree. I think. You know, I agree. I and 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 if and,
2: if and if it were to happen, nobody's going to look at it the way you're looking at it right now and we're looking at it because we're like diving deep into it they're just watching Miami exactly. play Clemson they're you know they're, they're not exactly. getting all into the, the you know the ins and outs of the depth chart and all that kind of stuff you know so if Miami wins this game Miami just beat the number one team in the country Clemson exactly. and is and and and, and is going to be ranked in the top five for sure and maybe even exactly. in the top three of three or four so yeah you're absolutely right um you you could beat clemson you could end up number two three four in the country and not really be that level of football team but it won't matter because you're going to get all the you're going to get you're going to get all the perks that come along with that and 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 when you look up and down the schedule for the rest of the year tony You know, I don't see a lot of teams on there that look to me like they're going to have the depth on the defensive side of the ball to defend this offense for fourth quarters. I mean, I, I, you know, this offense right now, with the ACC being the way it is, which I believe is a little bit down, um, you know, you have some of these some of these teams just don't look real good to me. And um, it's an it's an opportunity, man. It, It really is.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, Gary. If you look at it, how many games we played? We just played, what, four games? Have we played four games?
2: Three, four this games, is the four fourth. This, yep, this is the this fourth. This is the fourth game? Yeah. He
1: hasn't even – the offensive coordinator hasn't even unleashed the cracking yet. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is the fourth game. They have just got together. Like, they just had a bye week. I feel like that was exactly what we needed. And I think a coach like Lashley would take advantage of something like that. And, yes. I, and I hope – I
6: hope mine does. I hope. No,
1: it.
2: I I was just gonna say it's a little scary now to be talking like this. Okay. Okay. Because like the last thing the last thing we need is to them to to go up there and flop on Saturday, and you know for for the balloon to explode that uh, of euphoria that everybody's feeling right now. Like hey, this this could be happening a little a little this comeback could be. Happening a little bit better than what we thought it was going to be, you know, back in oh, December yeah. when it when we were sitting on the biggest disaster, biggest train wreck in college football. I mean, it, it was. I
1: want I want the players to believe they can win. That's why that's the attitude I want the to have. Like they can go up there and win
2: if they do. Well, do they do believe it because job, of the Eric King. It, it the Eric King yeah. has, has transformed this program.
1: Yeah, and if we can go he walked he, he board, walked
2: in the door and he made it his program. And he's taken the whole thing on his shoulders, uh, you know, from every level, leadership, performance. He makes every play, every single play. And as long as that kid's here, whether this is it or whether they can talk him into coming back next year, because I still don't think he's going to be a very high NFL draft pick. Um, You know, I think his upside is maybe fifth, sixth round. Uh, You know, if they could talk him into playing another year and say, you know, hey, keep enhancing your education and that kind of thing and and make a selling point, you know, then – then, then you know Hold there'll on. be some some hope for next year as well. Um, but this well, kid has transformed the, the the program, at least as far as this season is concerned.
1: Well, let me give you this point now that you bring up De'Eric King. This game for him, if he really wants to go to the NFL and play quarterback, is his game to prove that. This no is doubt. that game for him. This is definitely that game for him. That's why I feel like you know. Maybe last year we might not have had as much leadership and as much, like, dedication to detail, or dedication to football as we have, I feel like we have this year. And I feel like if it's ever going to be a chance, I'm not saying we're going to go win. I'm not saying we're going to go win. I feel like we can win this game if they go out there and they're ready to play from snap number one. You understand? Like, and, and if they get hit a little bit or go down, don't give up in the game. Keep playing because your offense going to score. And if you yeah. keep putting pressure and they keep making adjustments, like our coaching staff makes adjustments. Every time Manny Diaz talks, he keeps every – every game, every post, um, post-game interview, he says they did some things we didn't see on film. He says that every time. He says they did some things we didn't see on film. Be, expect things like that and be able to adjust because obviously they've been able to adjust. In this Clemson game, we got a chance, man. That's all I want to say. We got a chance. I don't want anybody to be down or be scared. Just we have a chance to win this game.
2: It's going to be interesting. I mean, look, we still have holes. Uh, you know, I'm concerned about our a uh, stop in the run up the middle. Um, you know, big concern there. I'm concerned about, you know, Blades and Ivy holding up on the outside against receivers that are at this level that's going to be the best they've seen this year by far. Um Of
7: course. Of course. You know,
2: Rogers, Rodgers and Latson are, are are very good receivers and I'm sure
1: yeah, we're going I'm to sure they great.
2: got I'm sure they got more we don't even know about. You know, um, yeah, you
1: know,
2: so, they got a freshman EJ Williams who I know is, is 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 considered very very good. Um, so you know I, you know we'll we'll see it's we'll 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 see how we hold up. do I,
1: like yeah. I want to take up the whole show. <laughs> All right, Tony. Well, you know you deserve
2: You, you deserve an extra few seconds just because you're usually working on Tuesday night. You don't get to join
1: us. So I appreciate it. Well, I call in every chance I get, man. I hope everybody have a good night and everybody be ready to. You know, take a look at some real good football. I think it's going to be some real good football
2: on Saturday. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. I'm receiving some texts here. We've got some listeners that are a little concerned about the weather that, you know, want to know what the forecast is looking like. Um, the latest, I'm looking at the latest report, the 7 o'clock advisory that is coming from the uh, the NOAA, and this thing, this, this storm they got going, this Hurricane Delta, that's uh, getting ready to, you know, looks like it's getting ready to slam Louisiana, uh, you know, I guess on Friday, tomorrow, late in the day. It's not going anywhere near South Carolina. The cone doesn't even come in anywhere remotely close to Clemson, South Carolina. So there's a chance that maybe there won't even be a ton of rain. Who knows? Um you know, it's not really – It's it, probably about kickoff, it'll be on the same parallel as Clemson, but it'll be far to the west. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know how I – can, I can't give you a feel for how big of a storm it is right now. Um, but I would say there's not a huge chance that it's going to impact the game very much at all uh based on what i'm i'm seeing right now so that 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 would be obviously great news all right 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show let's go out to the 865 now where i believe we've got james waiting how you doing james welcome back to Kane Sport live
8: it's good to be back gary good to hear from you brother glad that uh, we got the show tonight and I think you need to check that weather forecast again, brother, because there is a hurricane coming for Clemson, South Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's not Hurricane <laughs> Delta, baby. It's Hurricane <laughs> Eric. It's Hurricane Jalen. It's Hurricane Brevin. And it's a hurricane trio of tailbacks that are going to run down that throat, baby. I feel it. I feel it. I, I Listen, punchers have a chance. This team's got fight. Now, what's going to be interesting is if they get hit, how do they react? Do they just take it like the other hurricane teams have and crawl away the last couple of years? Or do they just come back and give them a haymaker right back? And how does Clemson react getting hit like that? Now, let's talk about last week real quick. They played Virginia, another team that we play in a couple of weeks. So I was wanting to see what Virginia had and what, we, what they've got and so forth. And I told my wife, I said, Honey, this Clemson team that's playing Virginia tonight That's not the one Miami's going to see next week. They're going to be up. They're going to be ready to go. But I saw holes. And if our offensive line can hold up, Gary, I feel that this is the game. Will Mallory, we've been talking about this for weeks on end. We've been waiting for this. This is a Will Mallory game that he could really show that he is right there with Brevin. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the tools. And if he can just stay healthy in this game and make a play, oh, wow. I mean, I, I just feel that this is a game that he's got to step it up. And, Eric, I think you said it yourself, Gary, at the beginning of the broadcast, brother. This is different. It feels different. And like the other caller said, why not now? Why not now, Gary? I mean, we, there is no tomorrow. If you're saying these guys are going to possibly leave and who could blame them with COVID, you don't know what the world is going to be like next season. I mean, all I'm saying is, is that they've got a great chance. Tomorrow, to do like what LSU did last year to Alabama and do it last year. Put all your eggs in this basket. I don't think LSU even cares that they are one and one right now because that national championship trophy and ring feels really good. I'm not saying Miami's going to do that this year, but damn, it would be nice if they could. I mean, out of nowhere, nobody predicted it. Nobody. But we've got the quarterback. And, and, and why not Manny? I mean, every, nobody gave Ed Orgeron a try. Why not Manny? And then he hired the offensive coordinator in Lashley. He brought somebody with influence like Ed Reed. They've got the offensive line coach, whose name escapes me, but he's done a masterful job with this unit so far. We'll see how they do on Saturday, obviously, because this is going to be a big-time step up on steroids of what they're facing. But the truth of the matter is, is that you and me said this and a lot of other guys, let's see where we're at. Are we better than 59-0 that was absolutely the worst day of my life but also the best day of my life because we got, a, we got rid of Al Golden, okay, the next day? But I'm not wanting to talk about that. But then we go back to three years ago, and nothing makes me sick to my stomach more than watching Dabo and those guys uh, basically cut the turnover chain. And up until this season, the turnover chain has been a joke. It really has. Our program has not recovered. The pit game was the pit game, but that game, they buried us back down, and it felt just like 59 nothing. and like you said, it could have been worse. But to Saturday night, Saturday night, I feel we have a team that has a different mentality. The transfers have brought something new. The transfers weren't a part of that game three years ago. Uh, The only ones that are really still a part of that team, I guess, are McLeod and a couple of others that were freshmen at the time and so forth. Mm -hmm. But they need to remember how it felt getting embarrassed that cold night in Charlotte back in December. And they need to remember that they're the Miami Hurricanes. We are the program. Clemson, nice little history, nice little dominance this last decade. But we know what it takes. And a Saturday night, we have a chance to get ourselves back up there Gary I want you just to just think of just some of your thoughts so far
2: well you know you made a couple really good points and I'll touch on them real quick you talked about 2017 and I agree with everything you said the the one thing I'll add is that in 2017 Miami was 10 and 0 when it went to Pittsburgh and as a fan base you know we were sitting here and and feeling you know very uplifted by that and and You know, in a different kind of way, I mean, feeling about the same as the team is uh, what I'm hearing from everybody as we go to Clemson on Saturday. And it turned out to be a total, a total fake. It was a tease. Um, We lost to Pitt, a a team we shouldn't have lost to, got blown out by Clemson and then lost to Wisconsin in the bowl game. And, you know, then you know how bad it went from there, seven and six and then six and seven. So we were a fraudulent team in 2017 yep. um, we, we got some breaks. We won some close games. It was fun. You know, we beat Notre Dame in that big, you know, put it all together. All the stars aligned, beat Notre Dame in that night game at home, uh, beat Virginia tech in a night game at home. And um, won at the last minute against Georgia tech and Florida state. Um, but the, you know, the stars had aligned and, and, and we were fraudulent and, and got exposed, yep. um, you know, so, you know, that's why I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a little scared to oversell this but like i do think that like we've been talking about tonight when you look at uh clemson's team and how unproven they really are when you dig deep which is what we do when we play them um that, and you look at miami with the older kids the transfers the in the, the, that are all making major impacts uh this has a chance to be a much different game and, and that's what makes it exciting so that's one thing that came to mind you you mentioned lsu of last year, and I think there's some some real synergies there from the standpoint of orgeron. nobody's ever looked at Orgeron as a great coach, you know uh, quite you know i mean he he's always been a good coach he's he's probably better known for his recruiting than his actual coaching through the years um, but he gets Joe Brady to to come in and coach who who, who? I would, you know, I, I'm not ready to say that Rhett Lashley is Joe Brady. I mean, let's not do that yet. Uh, you know, I mean, we've we've beaten UAB, um, uh, a horrendous Florida State team and a Louisville team that can't play defense at all. So I, I'm not ready to say that Rhett Lashley is a coach at the level of Joe Brady, who was the hottest coach in college football last year. Uh, but, you know, what he has done, is transformed the program. And he's had a similar type of impact here so far this year. And, you know, it's just like it made Joe Brady made Ed Orgeron look great last year. uh, I I think Rhett Lashley has taken Manny Diaz to a whole nother level this year. And, you know, that will be, you know, what the final or the next chapter will be, will be determined on how Miami is able to sustain this when Rhett Lashley has moved on to something else, which he almost certainly will at, at some point, when you look at the money that's going to, you know, we're not the only ones noticing the impact he's made on this Miami program. That guy is going to have some yeah. serious money thrown at him after this year. And the question is going to be, um, is Miami going to be willing to match it? Which I don't see how they can't like, you just can't, like you can't bring a guy into your program like this, have him make this kind of impact and then have him go be the offensive coordinator at, uh, you know, Alabama or, you know, or or Georgia or, or Ohio state, you know, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, you just, you just can't allow that to happen. Um, And then the next thing is you see how he's being pumped by the guys at ESPN every week that were on national TV and everybody's watching this. And, you know, Kirk Herbstreit might be related to his agent because he's throwing it out there constantly that this guy's a future head coach. So, you know, So, so, so you know it's going to be you know there's going to be more chapters that are going to need to be written here. You saw what happened to LSU when they lost Joe Burrow, the quarterback that the Eric King is to Miami this year. When they lost Joe Brady, yep. the the offensive you know mastermind, you know that now all of a sudden they they're playing a Mississippi State team that came back the next week and lost to Arkansas, and they're giving up 600 yards of offense and losing at home yep. to Mississippi yep. State. So this this stuff in college football right now. It seems to be changing like, you know, like there's no tomorrow. I mean, it, 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 things are changing fast. I mean, look at Oklahoma, the way they're struggling. Um, and you yeah. have so many teams that haven't even played a game yet. And, you know, so this season is, is, you know, can go any place, um, but, you know, right now, like I we talked about, story. this is a great opportunity. And then the other thing that you, that you brought up was Clemson-Virginia from last week. And, and I totally agree with you that the Clemson that Miami is going to get on Saturday is going to be significantly different than the Clemson that played Virginia on Saturday night. And that's because that was their first test, too. And, you know, I really felt strongly that the best thing that Miami did was not scheduling Wagner for the season opener, you know, they scheduled a team that can walk and chew gum and UAB and they're not a great team, but they're a competent team. And and that put Miami to a test on opening night that I think got them more ready to go to Louisville. And, and then you, you stack that on top. It gets them more ready to, to, to blow out Florida state. And now they're ready to go to Clemson and try to represent themselves. Well, so I thought you made some great points there.
8: That, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I agree with you, Gary, uh, wholeheartedly. A couple things that I'm going to do, and I'm going to let some other guys get on, uh, obviously, because I want to hear their things. But, but the one thing that I'm going to look for, more than anything, and it was one of my biggest gripes last year, is we had three bye weeks last year, and we came out flat and atrocious and lost all three games coming off those bye weeks. And to show the maturity, And that this team has taken a step forward, unlike last year's team, and I really feel that it's already going to be answered because of the leadership and the maturity you have in the room with a guy like Adiara King that you didn't have last year, is that they're ready for business and that they're not playing break and curfew, crap that we've already talked about and don't need to rehash. But I'm wanting to see how they come out focused, and that's the sign also that Manny has grown as a coach from year one to year two being the head guy. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. I want other Kane brothers and sisters too, that are watching on Saturday to watch that as well the other thing how disciplined we play we can't I want us to be hype and I want us to be going but we cannot lose a Jalen Phillips like that like what happened in the last game that was an atrocious team but had it been a better team that could have been an impact right there so I want to see our guys I want them hype I want them doing their thing but remember I don't like to be this about the ACC refs but that's an ACC school, and I still feel that we're an outsider looking in, and they don't do us any favors sometimes. So like Jimmy Johnson said, don't leave it up to the refs. Play your game. You're good enough. Go out there. Punch them in the face. And this is how, what I'm going to predict. It's going to be back and forth. Miami's going to get some scores. Clemson's obviously going to do their thing. But I think that it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. De'Ara King has a Dorsey-like drive down there. And I'm not saying it's too shocky. It's not even going to be a touchdown, but it's going to be a pass to somebody. Maybe a Mallory, maybe a Pope or D. Wiggins. They catch it. They get us in field goal range. And Baragalas nails it right through the uprights. Miami 38, Clemson 35 will be number two by Sunday. And now we're going to speed up that Alabama game because we're going to take care of business from here on out. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But damn, it feels good to dream. It feels good to be a Miami hurricane. Don't ever forget where we come from. I've been flying my flags all this week. I hope everybody has to. 38-35, mark it down. We're going to see Alabama. And we'll probably will probably have to play this Clemson team again in the ACC Championship. This could be one or two. But the thing is, if we don't happen to pull it off, we have to make sure that we don't lose focus and keep getting better. And maybe we play them again, and maybe we beat them the next time. But it's got to start on Saturday, being competitive, and bring this program back to where it belongs at the top. Gary, love all the right, show. James, Go Kane.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks for calling in, as always. All right, I'm going to do a. We're going to do a quick check in now with our Kane Sport Managing Editor, Matt Shodell. Matt, how are you doing tonight?
9: Doing great. I wish it was Saturday, but uh, we still got to wait a couple more days, I guess.
2: A lot of excitement, man. The, I don't, you know, the, the, the fan base is is, is wired, and, and and hopefully, this turns out to be a little different than the, the last time we played these guys.
9: Yeah, I mean, the last time I can remember fans being this pumped up for a game was that Notre Dame game, and that turned out pretty well for Miami, you know. So, of course, I was at home, but you know, I, I just hope fans like realize. I know Miami fans obviously want. Miami to win they expect Miami to play well what I don't want is for fans to like go crazy if Miami loses and start blaming people I and mean, this is still I know you mentioned Clemson had some holes but they've had holes you know in previous years as well over the last 10 years and they just tend to reload like Miami did like this is basically like playing Miami you know in 2000 2001 you know whatever it is in that pe- period of time that's what Clemson has been doing so you know it, it, Miami's still not quite there certainly not depth-wise, not quite there position by position, you know, when you look at the analysis and, and where Miami matches up with them. Uh, but Miami is trending to get there. You know, out of all the ACC teams, not including Notre Dame, obviously, out of all the ACC teams, the one right now best position to challenge Clemson in the future is Miami. So regardless what happens Saturday night, you know, Miami is trending in that direction with recruiting, with the way the staff has sort of got things together after a brutal end to last season. I mean, things are going in the right direction. I the first time we can really say that in a long time. I mean, we look at the offensive line. When's the last time we could say it? it looks like they've actually been coached to the point where they're getting better? I mean, we've got so many years where we'd privately say to each other, these guys just aren't being coached. Like, they don't get better. If, if some kids actually get no. worse over a four- or five-year span. Now we can finally point to kids and say they're getting better. Okay, and, and that's, that's the second key ingredient after recruiting, right? you got to recruit the right kids, and they have to coach them up. So things are super bright. I don't want fans to get upset. You're an unrugged by 15 points. Um, you know, Las Vegas generally knows what they're doing. So, you know, they're saying you're going to lose by two touchdowns. Fans should not be discouraged if Miami loses by two touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty much what people expect. They should be encouraged by the direction of the program, by the fact of the hype Miami's getting regardless of this outcome. And if by some chance Miami does manage to pull this out, which I think the most likely scenario for that to happen, by the way, would be Clemson beating themselves versus Miami beating Clemson. I just don't think that Miami playing its best and Clemson playing its best, that Miami's gonna win that game. But if Clemson makes some, you know, some silly mistakes, some boneheaded plays, whatever it may be, if they blow a couple of coverages, they normally wouldn't blow. You know, you never know what might happen in football, right? And 2020 yep. has been a crazy year, so crazier things have happened. I mean, Miami can win this game. There's no doubt about it. But Clemson has to make a lot of mistakes, in my opinion.
2: Well, you know, the, the, we talk about we, – we have been talking tonight about how their roster is not what it's been, and it's not. But, you know, you, you do have, the, you know, arguably the two best players in college football – In uh, Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, those types of players can change a game by themselves without question. Um, The other thing that is an absolute constant at at Clemson, which is equally significant to the players they have is their coaches. Uh, They have arguably the best coaching staff in college football. Uh, They've been together for years. Nobody leaves. You know, you have a guy like Venables who certainly could leave and go take a head coaching job. He doesn't. You know, they pay him two and a half million dollars a year and he stays there. And now he's got his kids playing for him there. And, uh, you know, he's probably pretty stable there for at least a few more years. I don't know if he'll reach a point where he wants to try being a head coach, but um, the coaches are still there. And picking up Rhett Lashley and at least from what we've seen so far, kind of i'm not going to say it puts miami on a level playing field uh because the you know the miami staff hasn't proven that yet the way the clemson staff has but at least you feel like they have a fighting chance i mean if they, if you're going up there you know and dan enos is your offensive coordinator and 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 brent barry and and coach Subs and, and 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 everything's the way it was last year you're sitting there if you're being honest saying this is a coaching you know disaster like mismatch to the max, you know, um, but, you know, you have a whole new offensive staff basically this, you know, this year and a whole new different deal and more experienced guys and uh, that are doing a better job. And, you know, it'll be an interesting chess match, you know, with Venables, you know, Miami's offense against Clemson's defense and the success there will obviously be what determines the game because Clemson's going to score some points. You're not going to hold Trevor Lawrence down the whole day for sure.
9: Right? right? No, I mean, if, with us, if, if, if Miami's going to, yeah, sorry, if Miami's going to win this game, you broke up at the end. If Miami's going to win this game, I see it being a high-scoring game. I mean, um, you know, Miami's got some issues on defense. Uh, I'm not sold on linebacker, particularly middle linebacker, which is a big problem against this kind of a team. Uh, not sold on the overall defensive tackle situation. Uh, <laughs> so you know, up the middle is a little bit of a problem there. Um, You know, and then uh, on the flip side, though, you know, I don't think Clemson's defensive line, Clemson's defensive line is always good, but it's not, they lost a bunch of guys to the NFL, and it's it's not an experienced, proven front. Um, They also have some issues at linebacker, you know, and even their secondary. So, like, Clemson's defense doesn't scare me as much as last year's Clemson defense would scare me, at least at this point, you know. And and uh, like you alluded to earlier, you know, this is sort of a question mark for Clemson, too. Like, they don't quite know how good they are because they lost so many people to the NFL off last year's team. So even though these teams are in their fourth games, there's a lot of no on both sides. You know, Miami hasn't played a good defense, right? Florida State's defense is awful. Louisville's defense is awful. UAB is just at a different level of, of football entirely. Even though They have a very good defense for their level. Um, so you'll find out, you know, in this game, I mean – against Florida State, as as good as Miami did, they needed to convert a lot of third down and longs, you know. Um, you're not going to convert those against Clemson, you know, whatever percent, 60% of the time, or 80% if you include fourth down conversions. I mean, you're, you're just not. So this is a different level of defense. Can Miami still do what it did those first three games on offense, I think is, 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 is going to be really interesting to see. Um, but, you know, this is a Clemson team that I think hasn't given up more than 23 points dating back to two years ago, right? So so if Rhett Lashley and, and the Miami offense scored 28 points or more, like that's a huge accomplishment, right? And I think they can yeah. do that and will do that. But like, like I keep saying, fans have to tamp down the, you know, we're going to win 38 to 33, whatever. Like this is not a defense that gives up points. It just isn't. It's not going to magically all of a sudden change, you know? Um, Miami's good on offense, but again, the offensive line's not great. The offensive line's okay. The receivers keep dropping passes. They don't get an open one-on-one coverage the first three games. That's disheartening. Run game's great. Tight ends are great, right? So if, if Miami can find a way to, to get mismatches in those areas and get those guys freed up, that's how you score 28 points and at least have a chance. Um, you know, but, but there are you know, fans who just want to say, oh, you know, we should be able to win this game. Like, there's a lot of reasons why that's going to be very difficult.
2: Well, you know, um more so than the Miami offensive line, I'm I'm more concerned about the defensive tackles. You know, to me, you can't I mean, we talk so much about Trevor Lawrence, but if Clemson can pound the ball down the middle with Etienne and he's picking up huge chunks of yardage at a time, uh it's going to be hard to be competitive in this game. So, um you know, I think you, you, you. Even though he's a great quarterback, you want them to be in passing situations where you could turn uh, Phillips and Roche after him, and and put your best guys in a position to in, impact the game. So it, it's going to be yeah, interesting. I mean, it's it's going to be, it's going to be fun.
9: Well, that's that's the whole thing. Like we don't know. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> Miami could even be better than people think, right? Like that's not out of the question because again they've looked really good against three opponents that you just don't really know because the defenses weren't real good, especially Florida state and Louisville. Right. So you don't know, like maybe Miami's offense is that good with Rhett Lashley and the King but and, and with a revamp, you know, offensive line somewhat with a new coach bringing a new right tackle. Um, this might be one of the best offensive, not the best offensive college football, but we'll find out on Saturday. Right. So, you know, until, until that happens, there's just so many question marks. It's almost impossible to say. And, um, you know, it, it, I'm very excited for Saturday night because we're going to find out exactly where everything stacks up. Um, you know, by, by, by midnight, Saturday night, we'll know exactly where the Miami Hurricanes football program is in the national picture.
2: No doubt. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for uh, joining us here for a few minutes.
9: Absolutely. You have, you have,
2: have, a, have, a, have a great rest of your evening.
10: <laughs> All right, Talk to you later.
2: All right. All right. 563 999 3550. 563 999 3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 504, are you with us? Going once, going twice, all right, you're gonna to have to call back in. Um, let's go out to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey Gary, good evening.
2: Who's this? This is Jay, how you doing? What's up, Jay? How you doing tonight?
10: Oh, I'm good. Just um haven't called. Spoke to you the uh, week before, the day of week of uh, the first game and um I had brought up the wanting to see a crisp offense and think it would be perfect. And I don't know if we had some miscommunication on you. like, Hey, call in next week. So how we look, you know, and I, and we saw a crisp offense. We didn't see a, cr- a great passing game, but we just saw a team, you know, that wasn't heavily penalized. And, you know, right then and there, you could just see that the, the, the coaching additions have, have just made this team better by leaps and bounds. And, you know, whether you put King in the back, you know, King under center too. I mean, that just makes everything better. So um, I, have some points I want to make though, um, you know, i, I been thinking about the game, you know, quite a bit. I had a, you know, a few weeks obviously here, with last week off. Um, you know, uh, one thing I, wanna, I, I was listening last week. I know you mentioned something about the transfers, and you know, we're, I don't know if this program is relying on transfers. I mean, right it now is, it is. right think, now. Yeah, right now, yes, they are. They yeah. are a team. But you look at Oklahoma or something you've I mean, yeah, Clemson and Alabama, and Ohio State have been at a different level for recruiting wise for the last five to eight years, though. And there's been no team in the country that's compared. Say for maybe Georgia the last three or four years. But Georgia still hasn't put it together like those other three teams have. I mean, those three teams have been at another level. And Oklahoma's competed in that sense, getting to the playoff. Yeah, they're in the Big 12, a little easier schedule. But they have they rely heavily on transfers too. You know, you take Mayfield and Kyler Murray off those teams, and those are probably three or four lost teams, you know, and they, and they mm-hmm. maintain relevancy. So, you know, luckily with the portal the way it is, it's worked out for Miami this year. I mean, Espe- granted, especially you know?
2: quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, look getting Jalen Phillips was a, was a fluky kind of thing. Getting Bubba sure. Bolden was a fluke, was a fluky kind of thing. Um, sure. But quarterbacks transferring in college football is becoming a way of life. <laughs> and I don't well, think it's going anywhere. I think, it. I think it's going to get more, more pronounced.
10: I totally agree. And, we, we we talk about quarterback this year. In Miami not having a recruit yet, and it's like, oh, you want to take quarterback every year. You want to take, it, it, if you hit on say seventy five percent of your quarterback recruits, and one or two of those guys, you know, these are big time kids can go anywhere. So I mean, you you, you Miami should be in the mix for those top ten, top fifteen type kids every year. You know, who's gonna to want to sit on the bench for three years? You know, these are kids that want to get to school, play for a year or two, and and go. And they'll be top five picks in the NFL. I mean, quarterback is the position. Was Joe Burrow the best player in the NFL draft this year? Probably not. But, of course, he's the quarterback needy team. The, the, the teams that suck are always picking up top are quarterback needy teams for the most part, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys want to get film and even look at Burrow being a transfer. So, you know, I I, I just think it's, it's a way of life. And, hey, you know what? If, if Miami's benefiting from it, I'm, let's not say – I mean – Yeah, we could say it's not – it's maybe a flash in the pan, but who gives a crap, you know? (laughs) It's this year, and let's enjoy it. So, you know, as far as what Lashley's doing with, you know, this team in LSU, I I wouldn't say that I don't know if Lashley's as good a coach as Brady. I would say the personnel on this team isn't what Brady had at LSU. You know, you you had Burrow, you you had Jamar Chase, Jefferson, Terrence Marshall. You had three guys that are studs. I mean, Jamar Chase would have been a first-round pick last year if he was old enough, Marshall – probably late first, early second this year. You know, obviously Jefferson was a first. Hilaire was a first. So, you know, that was, that team was just stacked. And the same thing that LSU had for years was the same thing that we were clamoring for. Let's let the kids run the spread. Or let the kids run the spread. You know, that's how they play. Let the athletes flourish. And they were just playing the three-yard cloud of dust type football. I mean, just think about the guys they wasted with Fournette and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on the same team. I can go on and on. But those, that's just the first – you know, it, example that comes to my mind. I mean, you know, the, you you put those guys in the Joe Brady offense LSU. It's just probably the same outcome, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that's where Saban had the advantage over LSU in the SEC. He he went to that a little earlier than them. He started playing the three wide guys. He you know even going back to twenty twelve twenty thirteen. You know that, that game against Notre Dame with Amari Cooper and then you know. You know, we say the South Florida guys bringing in a Ridley. It's always like to have those one or two playmakers. You know, but they've always had those guys in space. And I think that's where George is failing. You know, they've kind of been stuck in limbo with the old, you know, just slow-paced offense, play defense. And I think that's how they're recruiting. Maybe even at the level of the other three schools I mentioned, they're not playing the same offense. So anyway, get back to my next, go on to my next point, um, real quick. I know other guys want to talk. The. Three keys to this game, real quick. Defensive tackles and the linebackers. And I I do think that you may have to see a Brooks and Avery Huff play more snaps this game. You're going to have to keep up with the speed because they're going to run right down the middle. I mean, that's our weakness. Yeah. Totally our weakness. And Clemson's coaches, one thing they do is coaching-wise, X's and O's, a lot of their running game is predicated on misdirection. And that's one thing Miami – is always overly aggressive on is a misdirection and I that's going to be the key because they, they they run a ton of like eye candy nonsense they run those throwback screens they run those you know bubble screens back to, to the to the side away from the from the play and it just you know that that's to me on defense that's where we have to be on offense I think the offense can score points you know this this is a team that yeah they reload but they're reloading this year at a level of Hardly any experience, and probably the guy with the most experience is their least athletic guys. Skowski. You, we got to get that guy in mismatches. As far as their D line goes, I mean, yeah, they're, they're five star studs everywhere, you know. But they play two games: Breesy, Miles Murphy, some of these guys. Um, you know, the, the yep. Tyler Murphy kid from and, a Pop. I know we we know all about these guys. They got the kids, and and no spring practice, guys. and and no spring right, practice. They, they yep. spring, you know, they have a five star corner. Obviously, he's brand new. Um, so I, I think you just you, you've got to be able to pull some plays out of your head and and see what they are physically. I, I think this is a game. Yeah, we're a finesse team, but we've got to see if say, Delansky. You yeah. know, we have we have a top fifty offensive guard. I mean, Delansky rose in the rankings, if you remember, his recruiting year. I mean, that mm-hmm. kid became one of the top guards in the country, and, and rightfully so. He's and he's been out of position here, and he's had terrible coaching. We all agree, but. We got to see if that kid can if that kid can take Breesy or, or one-on-one or, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. got to be able to handle that guy. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, Breesy may be a first-round pick eventually, but he's 18 years old. Our guy's 20, 21 years old. You know, that's where the mismatch has to be. And yep. we have to see that. And as far as Blades and Ivy, you know, they're they going to be on islands, but no one's going to be covering Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers going to be in a slot. So those two guys aren't going to be covering them. As far as Ivy goes, that's this is a matchup. The guys gotta be looking at his chops. I mean, he's known the kid he's playing against for twenty years, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't like know if he, we have that. We have anybody so, who can cover Amari Rodgers. I really don't. We'll see. I agree. Uh, he,
10: that, that I think he, that's, he, that's where the passing is going to. I don't think Latson's going to make a ton of plays on that. I, I think um, Rodgers is the guy that kills you. It's going to be Rodgers and ETN on the little, you know, yeah. six seven yard out patterns, little slant patterns. ETN running those little angle routes out of the backfield, getting lost, in, you know, getting lost in space if, if we don't get a pass rush. You, I mean, and, Amari you know, Rodgers
2: against the Corey Couch this, you know, is, is, is probably going to be asking matchup. a lot. It's a bad matchup. Bad in matchup. Yep, We've got no to doubt. bracket
10: that underneath. That's why I think maybe when Gervin Hall comes back in the game, or maybe you play Amari Carter a lot more underneath. Maybe well, Amari Carter's got to go the whole first half. He's
2: got to go the whole first half McLeod. for sure. Yeah.
10: Maybe you play McLeod and Amari Carter down low, and then, you know, I don't know if you're asking a lot of Balaam, but I mean, it sucks that Hall's out, but yeah, maybe that's what you do in the second half. Yeah. You know, if you bring Hall, maybe you put Carter down low somewhere, so I don't know. But, hey, we do have a special teams advantage, I will say that, and that's the one advantage, that's one thing we have to take advantage of this game. I, I think our punters better, and our Oh, uh, kickers better. You know, we'll see what Yeah, well, hopefully the part.
2: punter doesn't get a lot of work on Saturday cuz if he does, that's not going to be sure. a, a good thing sure. for Miami. That means we that means sure. we're giving Trevor Lawrence extra shots at it. So. All right, sure. Jay. But hey, we're thank just, you so much for being part of five. the show, man. All right, this is got. take advantage of the situation.
10: We'll see. You.
2: you got it, man. Talk. Give us a call next week. We'll talk about it. All right, guys, it's time for our point counterpoint segment presented tonight by the law office of Brucey e. Warner and uh, tonight Bruce and I are going to be joined by a guy who is no stranger to big football games, and um, that's former Miami cornerback Dwayne Starks, who played for the Canes in 1996 and 1997. Um, let me just find them in a the queue here. Here we go. Uh, Bruce and Dwayne, welcome back to Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight?
7: I'm doing great, man. Doing great. How you guys doing? What's up, Bruce?
11: Hey, what's up there? D. Starks doing great. Yeah, right. so we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence, so I figured, well, who else could possibly help us, give us the insight to, and they, they were just talking about Blades and Ivy, Then D. Starks picked six in the Super Bowl against the Giants for the Ravens. There's our man. So, hey, <laughs> fire away, Gary. You know, I, I asked him when I spoke to him yesterday, what do you do? Do you jam these guys? What would you do, Dwayne, if you're covering... Um these receivers and you know you got Trevor Lawrence and you got Etienne in the backfield.
7: Yeah, I mean when I look at that combination in itself, I mean you gotta play disciplined football. You're gonna need help, uh, coaching wise, you're gonna need your, your linebackers to be in position. And you wanna keep those guys in front of you. I mean, that's like playing Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor in Jacksonville Jaguars, you know. So, uh, you know, when you face with a situation like that it's gonna all come down to uh, you know, fundamental, fundamental technique, uh, being where you're supposed to be, assignment football.
11: So you wouldn't necessarily jam these guys.
7: Uh, I would. I mean, as a corner, you have to switch it up on them. You don't. You don't want them just knowing that what you're going to do every play. It's like, hey, he's just staying off. He's just stand off. No, you got to take a chance every now and then. And, and when you take those chances, and the coaches say, hey, go into fifty-five or a man under defense then when you get that that, that help over top, then you want to be aggressive. You want to put some type of uh, uncertainty in his head, you know. But, you know, those guys are are pretty good. They're they're experienced players, and they're used to it. But at the same time, you can't sit back and just be a sitting duck.
11: Yeah, now the flip side of playing pass defense, these guys better tackle. They have to wrap up. They cannot, because Clemson is notorious for yards after the catcher. You know, you've got to wrap these dudes up. We have to.
7: Right, and that's why I mentioned fundamental football. That's a part of that, you know, keeping a guy in front of you. When you make the contact with a guy, get him to the ground or hold him up till everyone else gets there. Like, those little things make a big difference. And, you know, you, you, you see that in, in the teams that are successful. You know, they may give up plays here and there, but as long as they keep the offense in front of them and, and not playing with the receivers running behind you and you're missing tackles, and certain things happen, you know. And so you, you just don't want to be on the bad end of that
1: stick.
2: Dwayne, Sorry. you know, we've talked a, a lot, not, not, not you necessarily, obviously, but about the cornerback position this year at Miami, and it, it's one of the more challenged spots on the team. It's still a question mark. We have not played a great passing game yet this year. Um, but the thing that that strikes me about this particular matchup and this game is the mental the mental side of it that these guys are going to have to go through. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in college football. Um, I equate him, like when I watched him, uh, I I said this earlier in the show, I, I thought I was looking at a future Dan Marino. I mean, every ball this kid throws is perfect. I, I'm no, I'm serious. I mean, it's it is unbelievable. I saw him when he was a high school senior, and I, and and it it just jumped out at me like this kid's a special talent. Played one second of college football, um, so he's going to complete some passes. I mean, they're not shutting this guy down. Right, um, but but the cornerbacks, exactly. okay, like how do you deal as a cornerback with, with going against the quarterback that can fit balls into windows that, you know, I don't know that Al Blades or DJ Ivy have ever see, ever in their life seen anything like what they're going to see on Saturday night.
7: Well, I mean, one thing is, is, is timing. If you can disrupt the timing, then therefore you force the quarterback to make a play each and every time, you know, no matter what, uh, he has to throw the ball. He has to get rid of it. So what that? What does that bring in play? That brings in your D-line. You got to get pressure. You got to get them moving around in the pocket. You, you know, you, you got to force the ball to be thrown up high or, or keep the ball in front of you. There's it's so many different things that can take place uh, where the University of Miami can have some success. But, of course, they're going to lose some downs and, and they're going to win some. But you you just want to win the most uh, that that puts you in the right position to win the game. Yeah, you, and I had you can't that. stop. Uh, you you got a like you say you got a quarterback like that, and you got great receivers, got a good running back, you got a tandem. So therefore, you, you just got to play disciplined football, and then when it's time for you to make your play, just let it come to you, and that's how you win games.
11: Yeah, he's notorious for those back shoulder throws. He's really good, and we're, and Miami's DBs are notorious for not turning their heads and making plays <laughs> when the balls are thrown. So that's a bad combination. Right. And we've all of us listening to the show, and all the Canes fans, and and Gary and me and and, and you, we've seen this. So you know, and I yeah. asked you about it the other day. How do you? They they don't seem to be able to get their heads turned around in time. They just seem yeah, to I be mean, chasing you, a receiver.
7: When, exactly. So that's that's a problem. That's when you when you're not. Able to keep a receiver in front of you. First of all, you're playing catch up. So when you're playing catch up, you can't turn your head until you catch up. So if it's a back shoulder, a back. Uh, the ball is thrown in the back shoulder. Then that's going to be pretty much impossible to stop it because your goal is catching up. And then by the time that receiver slows down and turns that shoulder back to catch the ball, you're still running forward. And by the time you turn around and look for the ball, he's already caught it. Now you got to catch. It's just it's a tough situation to be in, man. I've been in that situation maybe I, I numerous times in the NFL. Uh, not as much in college, but it's a position that you don't want to be in. So that's why you always want to keep that receiver in front of you.
11: Yeah, so you kind of mentioned this before, and I know Gary mentioned, and the other the caller before you and I heard it, Blaine, talking about getting some pressure from the middle. You know, that's what made my Miami so great when Sapp and and Jerome and Russell and Cortez right. were there. They got pressure up the middle, and the pocket collapsed. Yeah, the ends got most of the sacks. But I don't know if we're going to have that. And that's critical in the game Saturday night. These D tackles. I mean, Jonathan Ford is okay. He's not mm-hmm. pressuring anybody. They need to get some pressure up front, you know, especially with the relatively young offensive line, to get Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. Get him uncomfortable. And I, mentioned, I think I mentioned this to you the other day, too. When I watched the Giants beat Tom Brady in New England twice, in two Super Bowls, it's because they were all over him, and every time you get rid of the ball, he was getting smacked. We got to smack this guy on Saturday night. Exactly. He just can't sit exactly. in the damn pocket and pick us apart. We got to hit this guy.
7: Right, like I said, it's about timing. Sometimes when you disrupt that that timing, then therefore, you, and you know, Tom Brady was not a runner. He was definitely right. not a runner. He was more of a passer, more uh, pick you apart type of guy. Uh, that that knows the defense as well as the defensive player know their own defense. So when you have a situation like that, you can get in their face, get them moving around in the pocket, and therefore the DBs understand, like, okay, he's not having that that much time to throw the ball. I can back up just a little bit to get a better read on the route. You know, things like that. Uh, and, And that makes a difference, man. If you look at our Baltimore defense with the Ravens, you know we had one of the top defense's, known to NFL now, and that's one thing that we were good at. Once we figured out the timing and we started disrupting the timing, you know, we started getting shutouts. We started holding guys to nine points, six points, or, you know, maybe ten points per game. Even went, what was it, four or five games without scoring an offensive touchdown, but still won the game, you know? Yeah. And but this the quarterback, thing about he can the run, though.
11: He makes plays. He gets out of that pocket, and he's, he's big, and he's dangerous. And we have, we right. have to wrap I, his I, ass up in the backfield and not let I him, rather him get out of the him, field. I'd
7: rather have him running than throwing. No, I agree.
11: I agree. <laughs> I'd
7: rather have him running than throwing. Yeah. So, you know, with the Canes, that's going to be the key. If they can get some pressure and, and disrupt the timing and and get in some throwing lanes, then things can change, but that's that all comes down with assignment, football, and being disciplined, and some tough guys up front. Yeah,
11: all right, Dwayne. I'm you've um uh, getting in out getting out on the wing and catching balls because the linebackers are going to be responsible for him, and that that guy scares me. Not just running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield. He's really right, good. Right, 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 and you got to make those tackles. Yep. Good Gary.
2: Dwayne. You um. You know, you you know about big games. I mean, you've played in the Super Bowl and and in and, and mm-hmm. mu- a multitude of big games throughout, you know, your football years. And uh, talk a little bit about how a player needs to manage this. I mean, let's, look, this is a massive night for Miami. Uh, you, you know, you can't you can't overstate it. <laughs> it's like this is a big moment right. for this football program. It's a big moment for these kids. Um, it's probably going to help that it's not going to be a full stadium. But, you know, how, how do they have to manage all that mentally on Saturday night?
7: Uh, just know that it's just a game, you know. Uh, it, you're competing. That's the way I looked at it. I can't speak for everyone have their own view on how they look at games. I look at it as though, hey, this is a guy that same age as I am, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, doesn't matter. He has an assignment, but I know what my assignment is. And as long as I stick to my assignment, then – somebody got to make a mistake somewhere. And that's why, and i talked to you, Bruce, about those long plays. You know, rather you give up a 10-yard out every now and then, 12, you know, just, okay, make the tackle, get off the field, or let the offense make that decision because the next play, anything can happen. Right. So the most consistent teams win close games like that. And, and that's, that's one thing that uh, coaching is going to be important in this game. Uh, players are... Like I say, I, I repeat it again. Assignment football is going to be key in this game, and the corners doing what they do. You know, they're going to get beat. They're going to get beat somewhere, somehow, because the, the talent that's on that Clemson team. But they just got to be able to bounce back and make a play. And hopefully, when they make those plays, it's a turn around. You know, it's a game changer play.
11: Yeah, I, I'm just hoping they don't jump out on us because then that's going to hurt bad. We've got to be in this game right from the get-go and not let yeah. them score two touchdowns like they seem to do in big games all the time. They jump out, and they control the tempo of the game, and they dominate these games. But I, I'm looking at a couple of things. One, as I said, tackling is critical. Two, dumb penalties. They cannot, cannot hit people out of bounds. They can't, you know, target people. They can't push after, you know, a, a pile, and they – Stand up and push somebody on a third and fifteen, where they get them off the field, and now it's first down for Clemson. That kind of crap's right. got to stop. They just can't do that, and not in a game like this. They can't.
0: Right. They got right. to. Have,
11: they got to have right. control of their emotions, even though they're going to be jacked up high, you know, really high for this game.
0: Right. Dwayne, can Can be. Miami some?
2: Can Miami's up-tempo offense be a, be, a, be a factor in this game? You know, it, it, it's kind of like a catch-22. If they're successful, then it's great. But if they're not successful, now they're giving a, an elite quarterback and a, an elite running back um, extra reps out on the field. How, as a defensive player, what what kind of challenges does an up-tempo spread present that might like you know like the offense Miami's having success with so far this year?
7: I mean, when you having success with it, then therefore, is, is doing it is is serving its purpose. I mean, you're not allowing the, the defense to substitute as much, you know, as, especially if you're running a hurry up offense every now and then. But if it's so upbeat, then you're not giving them a breather, and you know that's that's important sometimes because the D line get tired, and once the D line get tired, then therefore the quarterback got a little more time. So those little things play a part in those type of uh, you know hurry up offense or upbeat offense. Now where it can be a negative thing is that you're running the upbeat offense and you're not you're not getting anything done. You know you're yep. dropping passes, you, you you're missing you're missing routes, you're getting sacked. Those things will hurt. Us and then you just gotta go back to the game plan and say, hey, let's slow it down, and and let's just try to get three yards here, five yards here to pick up a couple of first downs. Worst, th- worst case scenario, we get in field goal range and kick a field goal. You know? So that's the way you got to look at it. When you're talking about upbeat offense, if it's not working, slow it down. If it's working, just keep going.
2: How about the spread in general? Is, 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 that a t- is it a tough offense to defend?
7: Um, I mean, it depends. It depends. I can't say it's a tough offense because some. I, I used to love to see the spread offense because I know I, we we either going to go in some type of man or we can go in some type of blitz zone to get pressure on a quarterback. Uh, and I know, okay, four seconds. I got to cover for four seconds versus covering for six to seven seconds. Then therefore, you know, it, it it can it can hurt or it can break you. It can it can break you or, or you can, you can you know enjoy it
11: yeah this is if you're, a, if you're a good cover corner <laughs> this is a spread yeah. but if, correct me if I'm wrong Gary, but we run the ball more than we throw the ball, don't we or we're pretty close to fifty but
10: yeah, I think it
2: depends i think I think Lashley's flexible on that, depending on you know what he sees in the defense.
11: Mm-hmm. No, I hope we score. I hope we beat these guys. I don't expect to beat them, but uh, I think we have a good shot. But I, I, I really do want to make it a good game. I don't want to get blown out again. That would just blow the wind out of everybody's sails. and that would just Yeah,
7: well, be just pay struggling. attention to the play calling.
11: <laughs>
7: play calling offensively and defensively. And uh, just look around and see who's missing their assignments. If it's simple football, which Clemson is going to run, you know they're they're good at what they do, so they're not going to do anything different. Yeah. Like like Denny, like Denny Green say, they are who they say they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah.
0: So
11: just a quick quick story before we go. So the first game I'm watching with Dwayne, who was co-hosting on my on a radio show with me and Chris Perkins, uh-huh. so we're watching the Golden's first game at Maryland, and we're sitting there watching the TV, and he's punching me, and he's hitting me, he goes. You know, he's giving me the, what the F? I don't see any of our defenders on the screen. Remember that game, Gary? <laughs> yeah. The Maryland yeah, guys, yeah. they were catching all these balls left and right, left and right. Left and, and right. And they never left saw and right. one DB on a, on on a, on a screen. It was a big screen.
7: No, no challenge at all, man. Oh, my
11: yeah. God. Yeah. I
7: hope that doesn't happen Saturday night. What was, that, what was that restaurant we sat out there, man, and, and, and watched that game?
11: Oh, I don't remember. Uh, but it, it was, um, yeah. I think it was me, you, maybe Casey Jones was there. It was horrible to watch oh, that man. game. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Garrett,
2: we're out. All right, guys. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens Saturday. No doubt about it. And uh, Dwayne, thank, you know, it's yeah, always great yeah. to hear from you. Love, love your insight. And uh, I'm sure you'll be back with us again on Cane Sport Live in the
7: not too distant future. No, my pleasure, man. If,
11: if I ask him.
7: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys.
11: All right, I'll guys. Soon, buddy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys.
2: Hi, Bruce. Hi. All right, that segment was presented by the law office of Brucey e. Warner, practicing family law in broward Dade, and Palm Beach counties for 37 years. Bruce handles divorce and paternity cases, as well as modifications of time sharing and child support and alimony. Hopefully, we don't have too many listeners out here that have those kind of needs. But if you have family law needs in South Florida, Bruce can be as tough and aggressive or kind and caring as necessary. If you have family law needs, email TalkingDivorce at AOL.com. That's talkingdivorce at aol.com all right let's get back to your calls 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 you hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show let's go to the 305 home of the you you're live on Kane sport live
12: hey gary how are you
2: hey what's going on adam how's everything
12: Good. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, I've noticed this because obviously I'm a big Miami sports fan. Um, I've noticed that uh, Coach Bolstra and Manny Diaz have a relationship. Is that part of like imparting the you culture on the Heat culture and vice versa?
2: I, I I don't know that there's that type of connection. They probably I you know maybe have met each other and know each other a little bit.
12: Okay. Because I noticed that, like, they tweet each other a lot. I just follow those old tweets. Whenever Miami does well, there's Manny or is it? Yeah, just I think, more of I, I think they just
2: support each other as, you know, South Florida coaches. And, and Spolster has always been a supporter of the U. We, you know, Heat players from time to time have always come and, you know, practice with the college players at Miami and things like that during the offseason. So uh, there's oh, always okay. been a, a, a relationship there for a long time.
12: So it's not like Diaz is picking his brain and vice versa. No, I don't so think so. Solstra I mean, a, I'm not okay. saying they've
2: never had a conversation, but I don't think it's anything that elaborate.
12: Okay. Um, a, a couple other questions. One, how? Can, like, I know Clemson is going to be good. It's going to be a good game. Do you see? And I, I was wondering, can Miami win on Saturday without actually winning? Like, yeah, that we don't get blown out.
2: Yeah. And, and what was abso- absolutely. Okay. You know, I I actually have a column about the game uh, that'll be on Canesport.com in the in the morning. But that's one of the points I make is is that Miami can win this game without actually winning the game, and uh, I, I think by being competitive. I don't think anybody expects them to win the game. But this is a you know we've been blown out by Clemson you know the
0: last I yeah. at
2: least I want to say three times it might just be two i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm my memory's a little foggy on that at the moment but certainly at least the last two times and uh yeah. you know it has not even been remotely close to competitive and uh you know so yeah it, being competitive being in a game at the beginning of the fourth quarter putting on a good show on national television can have huge dividends in 2020 um 2022 mm. recruiting yeah, I think 2021 is close to done. Yeah. Maybe, maybe but, but you know, maybe you pick up an impact transfer too. Uh They'll be okay. talking all night about how successful the transfers are right now at Miami, yeah. so that can help you a little bit. Miami could be the, become known as the place where transfers can go and have great success, yeah. and it could give you a boost for 2022 recruiting. So, absolutely, uh, you know, it's
0: important that okay. they be
2: competitive. Much more important to, to me that they're competitive yeah. than then that they win the game, you know, if, but if oh, okay. but at the same time, if if you win the game, now you're in the playoff conversation.
12: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking because I do see, and I don't know if you see it there's this team is a lot better. I feel than the 2017 team. And I feel this team has better makeup than that team.
2: Not well, it's better that that because of De'Ara King. I mean, you, you have a, you have a well, real yeah. quarterback. We haven't had a quarterback like this since Ken Dorsey in 2002.
12: Okay. So, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it it, it means everything. I mean, you see the – I mean, look at the plays that this kid has been making so far this season on third down. Do you know that our third down percentage has gone from, like, 27% to, like, 52%?
9: I mean, that's amazing.
12: No, but I've seen a lot of his good throws. And they're not – they're third and long. Like, how many third and nine-plus did we convert versus Florida State and Louisville? Yeah, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but there's
2: been many of them. There, there have been many yeah, of them.
12: a lot more than last year. Last year we would have been three and out, so I do like that change. Um, a couple other questions. One, um, have we thought about, and I don't know if you talked about this last week, has there been any talk of replacing Mark Pope as a punt returner because he muffed another one against Florida State where he was just out of control, and luckily that didn't hurt us, but still, that's got to be very disconcerting going into a game like this.
4: Yeah, there has,
2: and there there were, um, you know, it would not surprise me if that happened. But you know, the problem they really that they really have is there's not a pure returner on this team. Uh, you know, you look at the, the the guys. I mean, who, you know, there really is not. I mean, you can maybe, you know, I, I don't know how a guy like Knighton is catching punts and and. You know, but there's really not, like you don't really have a receiver. Not like uh, Keyshawn
12: Smith I'm, or Restrepo. I mean, maybe
2: a Restrepo, you know, if you, if you're, if you, you know, got the cojones to put a true freshman out there at Clemson, you know, you might, well, you know, might, might do it with a Restrepo, but you know, it's not, it's not a job for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that. And it, it helps to have okay. a kid that's done it a lot or an older kid. That's not going to be nervous out there. I think that's, like Mark Pope, that's Mark Pope's problem, I think. I, think it's, I don't think it's that he can't catch the ball. I think it's, it's, it's jitters, you know, anxiety.
12: Well, yeah, like the one against Florida State, it, it was like he ran up and he was out of control and trying to catch the ball. I mean, and obviously, but I'm just saying two lost fumbles in three games does not bode well going up to Clemson.
2: No, but there's no guarantees that whoever you put in there is not going to do the same thing because whoever it is is not going to be experienced.
12: That's true. Um, a couple other questions. One, I love this running back depth. Is this the most depth you've seen at running back since the early 2000s when we had Frank Gore, Clinton Portis, Willis McGay? Because I was trying to think, when did we have this much depth at the running back position? Where
0: you um, could put
12: have, one in?
2: We have, we have great go depth. I'm, I'm not ready to go to the level where you are right now. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not putting Cam Harris just yet in the Frank Gore, Clinton Portis category. I uh, you know I I'm you know I I think he's okay. enorm- enormously better than he's ever been. I think he's you know yeah. having a great a great season, uh, but you know let's see it Saturday night. You know let's see it Saturday okay. night. You know let's see you know where how he stacks up in a game against a team that's a real, you know, real football team and, you know, isn't getting, you know, he's been the beneficiary of a couple really long runs where he wasn't even touched. Um,
12: yeah, that's true.
2: you know, against Louisville and UAB. So, you know, let's see, I'm not ready to, to go there yet. Okay. And I'm certainly not going to start comparing Knighton and Cheney to Gore and, and Portis and all those guys. I mean, we're a long way from that, but, you wouldn't trade the depth, I'll tell you that, because these kids no, are good,
12: that's what I mean. and,
2: and they have great not, potential.
12: Not in terms of talent, but in terms of where you don't see a drop-off, where in past years you saw a drop-off from a la Duke Johnson to the next guy in line, or yeah. that's what I was asking.
2: You yeah, I'm not, not ready to call these guys even Duke, even Duke Johnson yet, much less Portis, McGahee, Gore, you know, but yeah. – then again, you have to – they have to start somewhere. And those guys had to start somewhere too. And uh, you definitely have something to build with here with these three guys.
12: Yeah, okay. A couple other questions. One, um, in terms of recruiting, is Amari Daniels a take? Because I've seen it's between us and Texas A&M, and it seems like we're leading right now. But with spots so slight and with the running back depth that we've accrued, and with us already adding Sad Franklin, would Amari Daniels even be a take? I know he's talented. Yes, but... yeah, he
2: would definitely be a take. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at the, you know, the fact that this might be Cam Harris's last year, if if he so chooses. Uh, that's one thing you gotta look at. Uh, who knows what Robert Burns is gonna do? Uh, does Robert Burns continue to sit? as a third or fourth string running back or does he transfer to go somewhere else to get a chance to play? Uh, so yeah, you got to keep recruiting at that position. And, uh, I do think he's a take, but I also think that he's leaning towards, you know, possibly leaving South Florida. So we'll have to see. I mean, that, okay. that one could go either way. That's going to be a battle, uh, you know, continue okay. to be a battle. Um, but you know, we'll see how it plays out.
12: Okay. Um, and one other thing for 2022, are we really in for it with Earl Little Jr.? It would just be like yet another yes. loss of the kid of a Miami.
2: Yes, we're absolutely okay. in it with Earl, Earl Little Jr. Yep.
12: Okay. Because, it, like, when you think back of all the kids of Miami players who didn't go to Miami, of how much talent that was, I wanted to know, because I heard for a long time he really liked LSU.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm sure he does. But, but they are, you're, you're asking me if we're, if we're firmly in it, and I think we are.
12: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yep. thanks Gary, have a great show.
2: All right, Adam, thanks for being part of it. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 386. You are live on Kaine Sport Live. How are you doing tonight?
13: Hey, how are we doing tonight, Gary?
2: Doing great. Who's this?
13: All right, it's Willie again. Uh just a Hey,
2: Willie.
14: Couple of
13: things. <laughs> All right, all right. Just a couple of things real quick. One of them may be hypothetical, but just say the ACC season plays out the way everyone is thinking it's going to play out. Maybe Clemson go through the season undefeated and Miami, North Carolina, and Notre Dame all have one loss. How do they determine who goes to the ACC championship?
2: There's a There's a tiebreaker. Uh, I'd have to, I would say, you know, it it's been so, so long since it's really been a factor for us. I have not looked at how they've set it up for this year. Uh, but there'll be a tiebreaker process. It, it'll probably involve, you know, common opponents and records against common opponents. And it'll be a, you know, tiered structure. You start here, you go there, you go there until you figure out, you know, who the second team should be. Uh, you know, if, if they'll have, they'll have, they have protocols to break ties.
13: So it wouldn't have anything to do with which one of those three teams is ranked the highest.
2: Oh, I think it would. I think that's one of the protocols for sure. Yeah.
13: Okay. And things can change so much from week to week. Uh, Has anything happened that may change your mind? Uh, Have you heard anything that may change your mind that Terrence Lewis may end up at Miami?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's conversation taking place there. Uh, I, I I think Miami is becoming more receptive to possibly taking him, but it doesn't look like either side is 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 in a huge rush. You know, right now they're kind of like letting things uh, play out. But yeah, there's there's a definite chance of that happening.
13: Okay, and two other things real quick. Uh, the most successful coaches at Miami, no doubt, has been. Howard Snellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, Butch Davis, uh, Dennis Erickson, and Larry Coker. Uh, is there one of those coaches that uh, you would compare Manny to?
2: Not yet. No. No, no, no. I mean, look, Manny, no. Manny would, would, was 6-7 and seven last year, and you know, he he's had a phenomenal run here in the last 10 months. He's He was able to make a great hire for his offensive coordinator. They together were able to go get Eric King. They've been able to get other transfers and other coaches. I mean, this is a whole different program today than it was 10 months ago. And so huge step forward. But, you know, before you start comparing – Manny to Dennis Erickson and Larry Coker and, you know, who played for two national titles and Butch Davis and Jimmy Johnson and anybody, you got, you got to win something first and you got to do it for, you got to sustain it.
13: Okay. I get you. Uh, Well, I'm going to give you my prediction on uh, Saturday night's game. And the first time I called your show a couple of weeks ago, I told you then that I think that uh, Miami could hang with Clemson. Well, I think Miami is going to win the game, and here's why. And you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of your show. It has nothing to do with X's and O's, coaching or talent. I think Miami is going to win because Clemson has been on top, you know, nine, 10, 11 years, whatever the case may be. I think they may have lost a little bit of their hunger and drive. And I, I, I think Miami is going to show up or uh, just want it more and come out on top.
7: And
2: they're due for a loss too. I mean, you don't just win every single week. I don't care, you know, what level of football it is. I mean, you know, these guys have, have won, um, 32 straight regular season games. I mean, that's pretty impressive, but they're due to lose. And, uh, You know, maybe it'll be Saturday night. Now, let me uh, take you back to your initial question about the tiebreakers, because I I do have it up on my screen now. Okay, so um, let's say you were asking me about a three-team tie. Uh, The the first thing they look at. Yeah, three teams.
13: My Notre Dame and North
2: North Carolina. Yeah. So the first thing they would look at is combined head-to-head win percentage among the tied teams. That would be the that's the first tiebreaker. Um, If there's no separation there, they go to head to head competition versus the team within the conference with the best overall conference win percentage. And then they proceed through the conference. Um, Multiple ties within the conference are broken first to last. Um, So I don't know if that helps you a little bit. They look at combined win percentage versus all conference opponents if there's no separation on numbers one and two um they'll look at win percentage versus common conference opponents based on the order of finish uh the tied team with the higher ranking um would be the next time tiebreaker um and if all that doesn't solve the issue then the representative to go to the acc title game will be chosen by a draw oh okay yeah
15: all
13: right and my last my last thing is that I'm gonna get off in and let someone else get on uh Kurt herbstreet he said that he feels like Miami is one of the top four teams in the nation. Do you agree with that
2: uh if they win Saturday night i do uh you know i mean this is <laughs> it, i mean this is so weird you gotta really like there's 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 so many teams that haven't even played a game yet you know it's it's just so weird it's it is it, it, this is a weird season but you know, you're number seven now. If you if you beat the number one team, you're going to be top four probably. Uh, so, you know, for now, yeah, absolutely. I, I they deserve to be ranked top four if they deserve to be ranked number seven right now. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure I would have accelerated them at this rate, but you know, look, I, like I said, a lot of teams haven't even played a game yet. So, and and some other yeah, teams you, like Oklahoma's of the world have lost.
13: Well, you was talking about the teams that haven't played yet. Who would be relevant besides Penn State and Ohio State?
2: Uh, Oregon, for sure. Uh, and then I don't know if anybody else is going to step up from the from the pack or not. You know, the Pac-12. I uh, I'm not really you know not really sure about that. But you certainly got to think about uh, Oregon. You got to you know you're looking you know although they've lost some key guys, man. They live they, they, their their secondary has gotten decimated by guys opting out. And deciding not to play this year, so we'll see what happens with them. Um, But um, they do have a pretty good defense. uh, Aside from that, so we'll see. Um, Let's see other teams that haven't played. You mentioned Ohio State. You mentioned Penn State, Um, Wisconsin. You always got to respect. You know they're they're capable of putting a good season together. I'm not really sure what kind of team Michigan's going to have yet. You know we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, But Michigan would be another one that I that I'd keep in mind but yeah I mean if Miami beats Clemson they're going to be right up right there I don't know if they'll jump you know you know uh Georgia or Florida or Alabama but I could see them falling into the four or five slot if they beat Clemson
13: all right then well hey like I always told you man an awesome show enjoy listening to it and we'll talk to you next week on a high note
2: all right Willie looking forward to it man thanks for being part of the show all right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And uh, this edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you in part by JFQ Lending with interest rates below 3%. There's never been a better time to lock in a low fixed interest rate on your mortgage. And you'll uh, – you're never going to need to think about refinancing again if you get hooked up here with JFQ Lending and they, they redo your mortgage terms and get you into a little bit of a better situation and save you some money. You set it and you forget it. And with JFQ Lending, you're guaranteed to get the highest level of customer service. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and over 3,000 five-star reviews. You've seen uh, Kyler Koppelman on the message boards at canesport.com. Um We're turning him into a huge Miami fan, Uh, and you can give him a call anytime at 323-607-8802. That's 323-607-8802, or you can email him directly at kkoppelman at jfqlending.com. That's k-k-o-p-p-e-l-m-a-n at jfqlending.com. JFQ Lending is an equal access lender licensed in over 40 states. If you need help with your mortgage and you want to find out if you could save some money with the interest rates being as favorable as they are right now, give Kyler a call and he'll be happy to help. All right, let's go back to your calls. Uh, Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Canesport Live. Gary,
14: how are you, my friend?
2: Hey, what's up? Everything? How are you? I mean, you, you? You missed the beginning of the show. I was looking to see if you were on. Greg, Greg took uh, quite a little shot at you. That uh, you know, you probably would have wanted to hear. But... Uh, you gotta love
14: Greg. You gotta
0: love Greg.
14: <laughs> he, is, he is a great fan. He's got a good mixture of pessimism and optimism. He's got a little blind ass fan in him, like the rest of us do. Uh, I don't know what his obsession is with me, but it probably is. You know, some of us have done it for a living, have coached for a living, and have played it, and some of us have, you know, just been jock sniffers. But hey, it is what it is. It's all good. <laughs> Nothing but love here. Yeah, uh, I wanted to point out several things with regards to what's going on uh, with the preparation we've had for the last uh, ten days for this game. Um, I don't know what the game plan is. I, I mean, there's certain things that are obvious, but if, if I'm, if I'm the office coordinator at, at, at Clemson, I am attacking our middle line, our linebackers. I'm attacking, I'm getting uh, Travis in as much open space as possible. And I'm just going to go ahead and see if anybody can tackle that kid. I mean, they're going to utilize the kids principle to the nth degree on Saturday. Uh, they're going to challenge our corners. Um, and I look, for, I look to, for them to try to establish the run on early. And from that point, uh, you know, some great play action, some great movements, great bootlegs, and, and let this kid named Sunshine do his thing. And I would prefer to try to stop the run uh, early on, and I would prefer to go ahead and try to have someone hit this kid in the mouth. Uh, we have seen, if you look at the games that Syracuse had – not just the one he got knocked out of, but look at when he gets hit in the mouth. Um, He is a tough kid. Watch the Ohio State game. I watched that game twice this week. Uh, Look at how he reacts once he gets hit. And there is a tendency for him to rush through things after he gets hit. You know, Bruce and and, uh, somebody else was mentioning, I think it was was Dwayne mentioning, you know, no dumb penalties. When you go up there in that first series, you've got to lay a lick on somebody. You've got to set the tone for what's to come. know, this game is all about preparation and all those great things, but it comes down to mentality. Dogs have to be dog scary. And if you're passive and you're trying to be cerebral and you're waiting for Blake Baker to tell you what to do, it's going to be one hell of a long-ass night for those kids up there. It's going to be raining. It's not going to be nice. So we, 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 we better have our act together. Hopefully the coach has done their part. And that's one of the biggest concerns I have because you and I both know what the weaknesses on this team are and how they're going to be attacked. But you know, we've got an offense that has done some great things against some pretty much non-existent defense, with the exception of UAB. UAB, Gary, is not a bad defense. They just don't have depth. They've got right. four kids that are going to that, that are going to play in the NFL. I'm not telling you, they're first rounders. They'll go, they, at every level of their defense, they have someone that's going to play at the next level.
2: You know, it's there. And yeah, the and,
14: sky, that baby don't lie. You know, yeah, and and they,
2: they tested they tested Miami. I mean, it was a three point game in the third quarter.
14: And, and that's what it comes down to is how are they going to react? Now, here's all the positives. You got guys believing in in, in De'Aaron King. You got the guys on the defense believing in them, believing in them. You got the guys on the offense believing in them. You got the special teams guys believing. In them. They know that that guy has made them a different team, and you know that becomes contagious. And this is what this is my my uh, contribution of positivity for everyone. If you want to label it as being a blind ass fan, go ahead, be my guest. But when you're all together, even if you don't have the same amount of talent. If everybody's freaking believing, and Greg's never led men in the battle in a game. I can, I can tell that. But it's not about how much talent you have. It's how well prepared mentally you are and how well you adapt and adjust when shit doesn't go your way. And, and you can't under under understate under, under that, Gary. It's how well are they going to do mm-hmm. because things are going to go bad. How tough are you mentally to stick with, with the thing you're supposed to do? And then the test comes from our coaching staff. How good are they going to be at making the necessary changes throughout the course of the game? So, yeah, it's, it's shared responsibility across the board. But, damn it, Gary, you know, if you don't have the freaking mentality and if you're not going up there thinking you're going to go kick their ass,
0: you're not going to win. So, yeah,
2: no, I mean no. Sure. Uh, coaching is going to be huge. Adjustments are going to be huge. Um, and at the end of the day, they got to find a way. The strength of the defense is the ends. Okay, so you got to you got to find a way to get them involved in the game. And the way you do it is by controlling the line of scrimmage and forcing them into passing situations on third down. So that's going to be the key. I mean, if they can't do that, then Clemson's going to move the ball at will and score a lot of points.
14: 100% agree with you But I know that, that what they're going to do Is try to run early And then they're, they're going to try to hit this kid Out of the backfield They're going to try to hit him flat They're going to try to hit him Basically in, 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 in overloads Where he's one-on-one With one guy And he's got to be safe that's what, that's what they're going to try to do It's not calculus It really isn't That kid has to be in space and, and Everybody talks about how great Sunshine is Which he is He's the first pick of the draft, no doubt about it. Uh, but he doesn't like to get hit in the mouth. The guy well, they're gonna have to be able to get to him. The guy that makes the put. Gotta get, you know, even if it's close, and you and you and you get a penalty, as long as it's early in the game, that you're setting that freaking tone, that I'm gonna be here all fucking night, and I'm gonna make your life miserable. And even if you do beat me, I might give you, I might just give you a, a dirty shot. Because that's the game, pussified football. It used to be a freaking battle every goddamn step. It's no longer this scary. So you need some of that mentality when you don't have the same level of talent. You need a little bit of that, a little bit of that edge. Doesn't mean to do it at the wrong time. The right time for this is to early in the game when you're, when you're getting settled in. And some people might say, oh, you don't want to wake up a sleeping giant. You know what? You've got to hit, let that giant know that you've got something for, them, and you're going to be there the whole time. And I think it's it comes down to that, because do they have that? How many first? I mean, I think Tony said it. How many first rounders do they have in their team right now
2: that you can say for sure? Just a couple, you know that you know I, I for sure. Two, yeah, well, two for two, two for sure. Left yeah.
14: tackle isn't bad, but Gary, they've had they've had what three kids drafted in the last five years? Offensive of line yeah. of drafted last five six years. Yeah, there's no, I'm telling you, there's enough there that you can do if you contain two guys.
16: And the mm-hmm. best way to
14: do it is to go ahead and hit the first guy in the face. Second best way to do it is try to give as much help. You've got to game plan, and hopefully Mr. Baker has game planned, and so has Manny, on making sure that this guy named Mr. Travis, and has got not one guy on him, but two guys on him. And shallowing the weak side across the board the entire time. you got to know where that son of a bitch is at. He is that freaking good. But if you don't tackle, you don't hit that quarterback, you know, you're in a shootout. And how good is their defense? The kid from from Damascus, is he going to be a first-rounder? He's got a nice motor. He's a tough kid. He's got the great big tattoo on his arms. Yeah, he looks menacing. But guess what? I saw the kid – from Virginia, smack him around a couple times. And he didn't like that. It's mentality. He's young. He's got all these things, but he
8: starts for the
2: yeah, Clemson, to I mean, uh, Virginia shook these guys up a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I was talking this week to some people up at Clemson as we've been doing some different shows and stuff. And um, Virginia shook that those coaches and players up a little bit uh, just to how effective they were at doing some things. And, uh may or may not necessarily work in our advantage because, you know, I think it, 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 it made them focus a little bit harder this week. But, uh, but Virginia, you know, the, those coaches in Virginia are – they're capable of putting a game plan together now.
14: Gary, I've always told you what a great coach Bronco is, okay? Yep. I've always said that. I've always said what a good defensive mind he is. And, and his offense plays directly into what the defense is trying to accomplish. Okay, that, mm-hmm. that that was the reason why, for so many years, we've never
0: <laughs> we've never
14: ran a spread because we didn't want to fuck up the defense. They're going to be out there mm-hmm. too, you know. They're going to be out there too long. We don't have that much depth. We can't have, you know. That has always been the mindset. But the game evolves, and you've got to evolve with with the game. And you're, what you're seeing now is an opportunity to utilize some of those things that Bronco did, and we've got more athleticism than they do. We, got, we, get, we do have a better secondary than Virginia has. We do have a better defensive line than Virginia has. But what Virginia has always shown, especially all of Broncos' teams have always shown, is that they're better mentally. Oh, they're together. Eventually their talent gives way to another team's depth and talent. But if you look at all the big games, they're in there for a half. They're, even against Florida this past year in the bowl game, they were there. They were in there. They, you had a, a one-score one game going into fourth quarter. So, you've got to utilize, utilize some of those concepts. You've got to change things up, but you've got to be aggressive early on, Gary. That's what I'm hoping for. Last thing I want to talk about before I let you go, I know there's a lot of people on hold. Um, look at recruiting. People say, well, you know, all you got to do is go out there and compete, and you'll be okay, and the recruits will be happy. You're wrong. You've got to go up there and win. For a, a, a kid like Marshall, even a kid like Connery, which I think we have too many safeties to begin with, but whatever, those type of kids, you need those kids to stay home. I'm watching the NFL here. I was on hold for like an hour and a half. I'm watching the NFL. I'm watching Carlton Davis. I'm watching, it. I'm watching Jimmy Graham. There's tons of talent down here. Always have been. you got to keep them home. You've got to keep them home. How do you keep them home, Gary? You go up, you look at the bully, and you smack him around. And if I'm Manny Diaz and I win that fucking game on Saturday, I'm going to have a goddamn U chain in my goddamn pocket, Gary. And when the game's over, just like that movie, remember the Titans, a different type of context, I'm going to throw that fucking thing right at Dabo after I shake his fucking hand and let him know <laughs> we're back.
2: Yeah, because I don't you know about that. God, but...
14: it's just, Gary, it's not funny. You've got to send a message to those, to those –
2: well, you're gonna send a message if you win. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you have to. You, you have to throw a chain in the guy's face. <laughs> you're sending you know plenty. What? You're sending no, plenty you of a message you if you if you win.
1: No, no. I tell you why you do.
14: Because that guy, at the end of the day, he's a good old boy. He's a racist, like everybody else. And for these kids to go up there from Miami, go up there and play for a guy like that, who should come on, man. Time come, time on, time come, again, come on, come
2: on, come on, come on. Don't sit. Nah, oh, come Mary. on. Look, yeah, I feel keep I feel it on way, point. Brother. Don't don't start accusing somebody of being a racist. You got what else hey, you got? Hey. Come on, everything. You,
17: you no, no, man, no, you, man, no,
2: you, know, know, you know, no, 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 no. Oh,
14: come on, Gary. Come on, Gary. Be real, baby. You
4: know that guy.
2: This... All right, give us a call next week. You can't come on this show and start saying the most successful coach in college football is a racist. Come on, man. That's like way over the top. All right. 563 999 3550. 563 999 3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
15: Yo,
16: Gary. What's up? Yes, bro? sir.
15: Uh, Scoo- Scooter DuPont.
16: What's up, Scooter? What's How are you on, doing man? this week, man? Doing
15: good,
16: doing good. Uh, I was
15: reading the message boards. Um, all right, I got a question for you. All right, I'm going to give you two names, two players. You got to pick which one you would rather have. And if you pick one of them over the other, you're going to be crazy. But Jalen Phillips, Gregory Russo. Now, wait, wait, before you answer, this is you as a head coach playing Clemson. Which one of those guys would you want as a defensive end? For this game Jalen Phillips or Rousseau.
2: all right this isn't fair because I have a little bit of a secret advantage on 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 it. this in that in that okay. i i am I am friends Don't with, with out, met, with, no no i'm not i'm telling you i have an I have a little bit of an edge here because i I'm friends with several personnel people in the National Football League, and i've had this conversation, and the answer unequivocally, yeah the answer unequivocally based on what i'm being told is Jalen Phillips and um, you're, I'll you're, make a. I'll make. I'm going to make a prediction okay, right now okay. that Jalen Phillips is going to be
15: drafted before Gregory Rousseau. How about that? Okay, you're you're going, You're getting a little crazy here. All right. Gregory no, I'm not Rousseau is first first round pick. First round. Pick. I, I didn't and say he's not. But about, I'm. I'm, I'm saying there Gregory is a chance. Is, is Basically, a basketball player. He's that tall.
2: No, I understand. Right. But there is a chance that Jalen Phillips gets drafted ahead of him. Because he's a tougher, more physical president at the line of scrimmage, which you got to be at the in the NFL, unless you're just going to be a third down pass rusher. Uh, so right. I'm answering what, your what I'm was, answering your question based on based on the evals that I have been hearing lately. I would say Jalen Phillips.
0: Okay, all
15: right. Um, I got to think. Well, first of all, what was Jalen Phillips doing like with his tooth when he when he won the? He, he got the, the the turnover chain. and He was pointing at his molar. I don't, I don't know. know he was doing something. I,
2: yeah, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he was making some kind of look. <laughs> well, he was
15: pointing at his molar. I don't know what. He yeah,
2: did. I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I don't know. <laughs> Boy, but, boys will uh, be boys. Right. <laughs>
15: um, well, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, you know, I, even if Lashley, do, I mean, don't you think like. No, no matter what, even if Lashley leaves, like the cat's out of the bag, there's no way we're going to go back to like the that old slow offense, right? We're always going to have the no like, chance. Do you, you think? Yeah, I don't think so.
2: No yeah. chance. Uh, you know, if if he if he leaves, I think what Manny would do is either promote Likens to coordinator because Likens has been a coordinator before, and he would then have an understanding of the system, or he go, goes goes mm-hmm. and sees if if there's another Lashley that that runs a similar offense that could come into the program. Yeah.
15: yeah, I think so too. I think there's no way, even if he leaves, Manny, Manny's a pretty smart guy. Like he's yeah. a very determined, smart – I always think back to his dad being the mayor and like just he has this thing about him that's like he understands what needs to be done and he, and he does it. And I think now that he's seen this high-power octane offense that that I don't think – he's going to figure it out Like even if last he leaves – and I think he, he probably has a good understanding of the offense himself. Like, how how much of an understanding do you think he like? Do you think he could go in and run an offense like that,
2: Manny? No, yeah. Manny's defense coordinator. But uh, you know, the one thing you you, you got to give Manny a world of credit for is identifying what his problems were and not being in denial about him, because, you know, you think about, you get this job and any coach wants to b- get to the point where Manny got last year. And then you fail to that degree. I mean, you talk about humble pie, but you know, a lot of coaches go into a bunker and they they're, you know, they're looking to deflect and, and, and defend themselves and whatever, you know, Manny just Manny went to work and he, he just started identifying those problems and attacking them one at a time and knocking them off in rapid fire succession and has come back yeah. this shoot with a with a whole different looking team and sometimes it, you know what we're seeing is sometimes it only takes like maybe one you know a couple better coaches and and a quarterback and and you you know you can quarterback you, can,
7: That's you all quarterback is really a
15: quarterback. yeah quarterback is huge part. huge it's huge yeah 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 and i mean like uh i guess they're just going to have to get another transfer i mean i don't, I don't
2: know you know after no, we'll this see. Year. It's not this out year. of the question that they can't talk King into
15: coming back one more year. We'll see. Well, that's the next thing I was going to say. Is like it seems like after this year, every like Jalen Phillips and Bolden and seems like the whole team's going to be gone, right? Like all the yeah, well,
2: yeah. I mean, I mean those guys, yeah, those guys are one season loners here. You know, I mean, Bolden would have been two, but he got hurt last year. I mean, yeah, these these guys are loners for a year, no doubt. And you know, the the the, the true test is going to be. You know how we're doing once we don't have those guys in the program, but but you know right now you got to use it, it as a building. But you got to use it as a building block, man. It's got to be a building block.
15: Yeah, I think the time is now, man. If we're gonna get it done. We got all these this talent. We got the Phillips. Yeah. We got Bolden. We got
2: Derek King. You, you picked up six starters. I mean,
0: starters.
2: I mean had, yeah. what, how often does a team pick up six starters in an off season? Older kids. Yeah. Yeah, you know, i'm not talking we about actually true freshmen have a good
15: team and then we have brevin jordan i to even say brevin jordan will and mallory yeah it's like
2: brevin jordan and like will mallory in their third in their third year yeah. i mean you know you're, you're 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 counting on guys that are older kids that have played football
15: yeah it's it's just like a perfect storm I mean, like and the other thing that's so great about this game coming up is that like we have no pressure on us you know i mean all we have to do like the the, the, the very minimum is just to be competitive. And it's like no. we have – we're just in, like, such a great spot. This is like a golden – it's not going to get any better than this. We're, like, in a golden spot right here where we have the opportunity to knock off Clemson to – I mean, this is like – it's almost like a movie this is set up so well, you know, that we dethrone Clemson. And then, you know, what's crazy about this is, like, this team is so schizophrenic that I could see us losing, to like, Pitt the, the week after.
2: Well, one thing at a time, Scooter. Come on, let's worry about what happened Saturday before we worry about that. Pitt, Pitt is a representative team, and we'll be talking about them next week. Uh, no doubt about it. That's not a layup by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, right now, it's all in on Clemson.
15: No, but what I'm saying is, is like, isn't it isn't been in the past like we'll beat like a Notre Dame and then we will lose like a do like the, the 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 game after is always the game I mean, that that we seem to like always lose or flop up on.
2: Well, the, the program hasn't been right for 20 years, 18, 18 years since this, since this program has been right. So yeah, of course, of course you're winning some and losing some. That's what happens when you're not a complete team. All right, Scooter. So give us a call next week. Okay. Let's talk about it some more.
15: All right, man. Keep up the good Appreciate work. Appreciate it. Yep.
2: Thanks, for, yep. thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 419. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight?
17: I'm doing good, Gary. How you doing? This is Mo from the 419.
2: What's up, man? How you doing?
17: Uh, this Clemson week. I'll tell you what I'm about this week. I mean, heck, we got a caller a few callers ago calling Dabo a racist. I'm ready. I mean, I thought that yeah. was ridiculous, but it definitely has yeah. that's,
2: that's absurd. Yeah.
17: <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. It was funny, though. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but back to football. The game coming out. I don't think this is 2017 whatsoever. Number one, that was smoking mirrors. We were getting by some games of smoking and mirrors. We had a very good defense that year. The offense was – it really was smoking mirrors. It was inadequate as, as could be. They came off a loss to Pitt, and I was at that game. And, honestly, it was an ugly loss. And we were getting by. And, and let's be honest, the quarterback position is not even comparable. You can't compare Rozier to King. And I just do not see us going in there laying a 30-38-3 or whatever it was egg to Clemson. This, and i am been looking at Clemson objectively, not just as a fan – but I've watched Clemson this year, and you pointed out earlier. I mean, I think this game, honestly, is going to depend on the trenches. That's what's going to win and lose this football game. I really believe that. Um, I think they have four offensive linemen that are new. I don't necessarily know if these kids are great. They may be great in two years, but they may not be great this Saturday. Yeah, all we know and is they I were good,
2: they good team prospects. Team. That's what we know.
17: Absolutely. Because they, they wouldn't they be there have if they, four they weren't. Four new kids. Yep. They're new to football. And I think you do agree that defensive tackles are going to be key to this game. I think Nesta's playing fine. Nesta doesn't concern me at all. I think Nesta will be fine. Um, I think he's going to need a little help. I think our end should be fine in this game. Um, defensive, their defensive line—they're young. Again, these kids are young. They're five-star kids. These kids are studs coming in, but again, they're still young. If we can keep keep Kings Jersey clean, we have a damn good shot at winning this game. Without a doubt, we can score on this team. I don't necessarily know that they're defensive backs. I don't know that I'm sold on them right now. Other than that Booth kid, that kid looked phenomenal out there. Every time they threw a one-on-one, the kid made a play on the ball. The pick in the end zone was just phenomenal. But other than that, the kid was fundamentally sound. But the the safeties, I don't necessarily know that the other kids in their secondary are great yet. They may be great down the road, but I don't necessarily know that they're there this Saturday and they don't have an answer for our tight ends. I'm telling you that right now. Simmons isn't there anymore, and if Simmons can't come back to play this game. Now, Simmons is there, I'd be a little nervous because you could do so many things with a a talent like Simmons. I mean, the guy could spy your quarterback. He could take out – heck, he could cover your slot. That kid was so fast last year. And he was an amazing athlete. Then he could come off the edge. I mean, they don't have a Simmons at linebacker. Now, do they have some solid kids? Absolutely. And I'm not tearing Clemson now because, listen, Clemson's great. Let me let me know, you know, I mean, they do have one major advantage that I see in this football game. A major advantage, they have Trevor Lawrence, you know, and they have Travis Atien. Those are the two best players in college football. You hit that on the head. And what scares me is Etienne. I mean, I watch him week after week. Not only can he run the ball, but his hands are soft. He's got good hands out of the backfield. He makes a guy miss. You hit him. He keeps balancing. against. I mean, I don't know how many third and tens. West. I mean, Virginia had him in last week simple dump off, he made guy or two miss, shake it off at fifteen, twenty yards. I mean, just to me, if I'm Miami's D coordinator, I know you can't shut that. You're not shutting him down. That's not happening. But you have to limit his explosive plays and I think you have to make someone else beat you. Listen, if they can beat us with Rodgers, one of their tight ends or Ladson, I can live with that. I can't live with Roger. I mean, ATN running up and down the field. I mean, he, he, the kid's filthy. He's really good. But you have to slow him up sometime. And, again, that's why I think in the trenches, you're going to have to get a field. You have to make plays. They run a lot of those draw plays. And I know that we're susceptible. To a lot. Of, we have a lot of aggression. We run by things. Um, they run a lot of misdirection. Um, but he has to be somewhat contained. If you just can't have the big plays, game all day, you're going to have to tackle well. Safeties, linebackers, you have to tackle well. In Lawrence, obviously Lawrence is Lawrence. Let's just, let's just be honest. I mean, that's the thing our DBs have not seen. They're going to be tested. I mean, it's not so much the receivers. It's just all the receivers need is a slight step in. And this kid can put the ball in places where nobody else in college can. I mean, his arm, it's amazing. And not to mention what he can do with his legs when things break down. I mean, if you think a kid can't run, that's Ohio state last year. I mean, he completely and, embarrassed. No, this kid defense. can do everything. It's
2: going to be a, a huge challenge for the defense, no question about it.
17: Absolutely. But I think it's winnable because I think the Clemson assholes. I think we have well, – you're right, we do.
12: Yeah, I guess the earlier in the week was saying
9: it's
17: like a dam, you know, and he has to have water pressure to see the cracks, and that's, that's probably very true. But I think that when you look at Miami, people are looking at us right now and saying, well, I don't really know. I mean, they, who would they play, blah, 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 blah. You're right. We don't know what we've played. Maybe, maybe they have been inferior cops here, but the thing I noticed when you watch my play, they got better every week. They're not turning the football. They have one turnover on offense all year, which is a football, and they're executing at a high level. I don't care who you're playing, you have to execute, and they're just executing at a high level. That's the thing I noticed. Things are looking more precise. Everything's looking more crisp. The team, I mean, they look good, and I think we can score some points. Do we win? I don't know. I mean, we have to tune in Saturday, but I'll tell you this, we're not going to embarrass ourselves. I don't believe that once and yeah. If Clemson beat us by more than that spread, I would be shocked. I really think – All right, man, well, give us a way. call
2: next – give us a call next week. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Appreciate okay, you well, uh, being – a... What do you think? I think they have a chance to be competitive in this game. I'm not going to predict that a victory that they're going to go on the road and beat Clemson, but uh, I do think they have a chance. I think a lot's going to have to go our way. I think there's a lot of issues – particularly on the defensive side of the ball and mm-hmm. uh, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, I, I don't, I, I mean, if, if we win, we're going to have to outscore them. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I, uh, you know, I think they're going to score. I think they're going to move the ball. I think they're going to yeah. score. They're too, they're too good on offense. Th- those two kids are too elite and I think they're good enough at the line of scrimmage. And we're not that, you know, other than the, the at the am I don't feel that we're, we're very good at defensive tackle and I know we're not really good at linebacker. So that's a huge problem against a team like this. So we'll see, but I do think we have a chance, which I don't think we did in the past. So uh, that's progress.
17: Dick, I, I definitely, I'm going to go on. I can't tell you we're going to win the game either, but we're, we're covering that spread. That 14 solid. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, give us a call no next week. And we'll we'll see how it okay, goes. You yep. Take
17: care. Keep your eye on hold,
2: Take care. Yep. Bye. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero, five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the five zero four. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight,
16: Gary? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? Oh, uh, this is back from New Orleans. Roland, did you say you broke up? Yeah, well, yeah. What's, go- what's up, man? What's up, Roland? How you been, man? Man, I'm cool, man. I'm good, man. What's up with the receivers, man? What's up with Mark Pope and uh, um uh Hartley? They're so small, man. They, they yeah, I mean, well, Pope,
2: them. you know, Pope just has never really gotten untracked as a college football player. Uh, I but mean, at least you're playing. at least you're getting something out of them. I mean,
16: that's better than it's playing.
2: been in the past.
16: But he, I mean, but size what he, about, I mean, he well what? Harley's One just small, high. okay. Harley's no, small, but even Pope, no Pope is small too now. Pope yeah, but like he's not 20, small 30, like Harley's small.
2: Pope, Pope is taller than Harley, but Harley is just small, and that makes it hard for him to get open at times.
16: Yeah, let me ask you, what about Do uh, You think Peyton's gonna get a run and a running?
2: I've been waiting for Peyton to get to get a run. It's been one thing or the I, other with I, that kid. I, you know, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm expecting him to show up one week, but you know, we'll I'm see.
16: Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, and now I'm, when you look at Don Cheney, tell me he doesn't remind you of Frank Gore. I'm not speaking a lot, but just his style, his whole energy. Yeah,
2: I'm, a, uh, I'm a, 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 I, look, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I don't start anointing a kid who's got what. 15 carries no, or something. Saying, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying that, yeah, no, Frank. No, but, but, um, but I've the, been very impressed with Cheney so far. And, you know, when he's come out of high school, there's some people wanted to knock him down a little bit about competition and things like that. And yeah. then, he, you know, he never showed up at the national camps and things like that. And people thought he was yeah. dodging, dodging competition against other kids and things like that. I mean, to me, from what we've seen so far this season, he's been everything you could ask for. I mean, I know he's a third-team back yeah. right now, but, like, you know, you can see that he's got ability and, you know, he's definitely a good – was a
16: good take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and you, you think they're going to play man? Or you think they're going to play zone? Any idea how they're going to do that, especially
2: with – talking about like
16: Bo- No, no, Miami. Oh, Miami? Miami? Yeah. Um,
2: just, I, I think they got to play man the way they're going to want to blitz. I, th- I, think you, I think we're going to yeah. blitz like crazy. You know, I don't think we're gonna yeah. s- expect our DBs to be able to sit back there and yeah. hold up against a quarterback that can freaking deliver the ball forty yards down the field and, and hit a quarter. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't. Uh, that would be very flawed. I think we're gonna have to go after him, and and, and I think that's gonna mean
16: manning up. All right. See, uh, Gary. especially uh, shout out, man, to uh, my little brother, man. A and jolly man. He passed away, man. Yeah, that was hard. So, that was horrible. Yeah, a- I
2: don't I don't understand people, man. Why? Why does that's stuff
16: like that days. happen?
2: Why? Why can't we all just be happy and
16: live our lives? It's unbelievable, man. You're talking about a good yeah. kid and a good just a good person, man. It's just
2: yeah. I don't. Man. I don't know what it's happened different.
16: there, but man. Yeah. But uh, we'll see, man. We're gonna see you on Saturday. We'll see what's up. And uh,
2: all right, bro. Doing your thing, man. You got it, man. Give, give us a call next week. We'll talk about it afterwards. Let's go to the nine seven three. You're live on CaneSport Sport Live.
6: Gary. Gary.
2: Gary. What's up, Mr. Ross? How you doing this week?
6: Hey man, um I don't usually take bouquets, man, but um you just giving all the bouquets away to Clemson, man. You 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 know, no, always, I'm not. A, you clearly weren't listening about, at the
2: beginning of the show because I was the one saying they're not the same Clemson that we've gotten accustomed to. So I don't know yeah, why you're talking about a bouquet. I'm not giving them any bouquets at
16: all. They have time. as much
2: to prove as we have to prove, Ross. Yeah, I mean, I know same. they've recruited well. They've got good players, but they, they, they're not proven in a lot of places.
6: Yeah, sound different now. Um, no. Not for what I've been listening to all night, you know. No. I got to a, I gotta listen to a sermon. But Mr. Everything. <laughs> I gotta wow. I gotta sit here and listen to a sermon, you know, and, and, and watch and telling us what we what they need to do and this and not, not nothing tactically about what we're, we're gonna do to win the game and it's not it's not church. me it's not church, okay? And um So what he, do you think, when when Ross? Couple...
2: Forget about what everybody else thinks. What do you think?
6: All right, that's what I think. We can't go up there and get all cute and start creating stuff that we haven't been doing, line up, speed against speed, we do have speed. And I don't want to hear about um, what Carlos was just talking about. There's a bunch, Gary, there's a bunch of small wide receivers all over Oklahoma. Every, every weekend I watch Oklahoma got a bunch of small receivers, put them in the league too. Now, if, if Hardy can't get open, that's one thing. If Pope can't get open, that's, one, that's another thing. But it has nothing to do with their height. Me and you watch weekend after weekend, small wide receivers get wide open and get down the field. So I don't want to hear anything about them being small. That's why they can't open, Gary. Just say they can't get open, and I accept that. I take that. But don't, I don't want to hear nothing about them being small, why they can't be open. Nonsense. Nonsense. But um, to continue, just don't get cute. Line up our guys against theirs, and I think we can outman them Wide receiver, why you guys killed the wide receivers? I think, they could, I think they could do it. I tight end is going to be key. And it doesn't necessarily have have two tight ends on the, on, on the field. Nonsense. We don't have to put two out there. Whenever we're ready to put one and then take one off and put the other. Because I don't want the two downers out there. You know why? Because that. Who's better? Who's better? If,
2: if you were ranking the, the guys that, that are going to be catching passes for the Miami Hurricanes, who would you rank number one?
6: I understand that, but it's only one of those guys gonna catch the ball. Who literally. would you rank number so, one? As Brevin as Jordan, right?
2: Brevin yeah. Jordan would be one, right? Okay, yes. who would be who would be number two?
6: Mallory, of course. But what I'm saying, correct? Is so why not have know, them both on the field at the same time? You know why? Why not? Because that takes an, that takes another talented wide receiver off the field that needs to be on. They're the not field.
2: better. There's not one wide receiver on this team better than Brevin yeah, I mean, Jordan or Will Mallory. To, Says you. Oh, my God, Ross. Says you. you always get my blood pressure up. There, there, hey, there isn't, there's not a receiver on this team right now better than Will Mallory. Oh,
6: what? Nonsense, who? Gary. Who? Nonsense. Uh, who? Hey, I, you ask a question. Let me speak. I'm not, I'm not the one that's shouting here. You are. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me, let me get it out. Let me get it out. We don't know until we play together. We don't know if Redding is better. Redding could be better.
2: Dude, you talking got about a true side, freshman that's caught go. what two passes? It Come mean. on, man. Gary, Listen. But here's the thing. No, no. Here's what about. I'm going to tell you. The two best no, guys no, that no, can Gary, catch passes no. for the Miami Hurricanes right now are Brevin Jordan in and Will eyes. Mallory. And this is a better offense if they're both on the field in you, together.
6: And your eyes and your eyes only. Because here's the thing. I remember when Mallory was a freshman. You was talking about him being good then. So why why can't this freshman wide receiver can't be good also? What are we talking about, Gary? <laughs> I
2: didn't
6: say he can't you be good. He's but, he
2: has, but, he has, but he has, but he but he, but 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 Will Mallory is, is a much more accomplished player at this stage, and he's an older kid, and and I think that the Miami we'll offense him. is at its best if both those guys are on the field at the same time. That's all my opinion. What else you got? Yeah, no, you can disagree. Yeah,
6: let's have a little small debate about it because you get missed everything. No, we, we, we're playing
2: Clemson Saturday. We don't need to debate this,
6: but I, I'm, you know, we don't have to agree. You're trying to make your word to be final. You said
2: he's no, no, I'm not. I know your opinion. You your opinion at, is you, you would rather at, have Michael Redding on the field than Will Mallory, and that's fine. You're entitled yeah, you to that opinion.
6: Mallory's had a, a a solid career. What has he What has he done? And I'm not killing him because I like him. He's done everything that's bad? been asked
2: of him. Everything that's asked of him. <laughs>
6: okay, man. They just don't.
2: Th- <laughs> they don't throw it to him enough. He doesn't get enough. Left oh, look. now they don't
6: throw it to him enough. I don't think they do. Enough.
2: I think the kid. Okay. I think the kid's going to be an NFL tight end. We'll see. Everything, Go ahead, anybody. Ross. What else, what else you got?
6: Hey, hey, hey Gary, you, you do that to me all the time. You don't do that to Mr. Everything, everybody else. Okay, Ross, well, hurry up and get up your points and get off.
2: Go ahead. I'm and I'm, I'm asking you make what your point. next point is. I'm asking you, what's your next well, point? do be off because
9: I'm making points. No, I'm right not. Right.
2: I, lo- I love your call every week. I'm not trying to rush <laughs> you <laughs> off.
9: Cool, Just man. tell
2: you me what your next minute, point it. is. You're, all you're doing right no, now no, is wasting my, time, no, Ross.
6: What's your next point? I'm making points. Okay, what's your next point? Listen, on defense, I know we are soft in the middle, and what we have to do is compensate that is keep, keep them upright. Because if, if our defensive guys can't get to the quarterback, our defensive attacking can't get to the quarterback, we, we might not necessarily need them to get to the quarterback, but I just want to stop the run. Their job is, is to stop the run with all means necessary. So if we got to put rocks in their pocket and have them just fall down and stop the run, whatever needs to be done, just stop the run. Because I think if we contain r- the running game, we could get to the quarterback. We're known to get to quarterbacks. We could get to them. This is going to be a whole different type of
2: game. The strength of their O-line is their two tackles, so that's going to be an issue. Uh, but, you know, I agree with you. They, they can't be able to run the ball up the middle, no doubt.
6: And, and, Gary, and I know you're going to be like, Ross, you're going way back here, but I remember saying, I, if I could tape you, I would, I would let you listen to it. You said the same thing, the absolute same thing about Notre Dame tackles a couple of years ago and our DNs dominated them. And I said, when well, we say we dominated, and these guys are now performing in the NFL, the offensive linemen, they're, they're, both mm-hmm. of them are now performing in NFL. And I remember mm-hmm. that night we dominated them. We did, you're right. These two tackles that you're talking about, they could get dominated too.
2: Absolutely. Okay? It's, our, it's, our guys, be- uh, it's our best guy. I mean, ours, ours, the strength of our team is those guys.
6: Okay, now here's a question. Who would you start Safety wise, I know. You, are you are you locked in on Carter like everyone else is? I, they don't have don't a choice this can...
2: week, Ross, because Gervin Hall has to sit out the first half. Know, so you're going to see know, you're going to see Bolden and Carter. No, I'm not locked in on anything. I you know I like Gervin Hall as a football, like player. football player. And you I know, think you I mean know
6: as far as we possibly we might want to put somebody. I think Carter to me is like a strike. He's a hitter. And I think, I think he'll look better at the striker position than the safety position. Cause he, yeah, it's a little late for so that,
0: though. Just,
6: I know. He's just so much of a brown, boundary guy, and, and he, he just tried to kill shot. I don't know if he has the ball skills. And this, and this yeah. might be where they, they try to go pick with us, you know,
5: put him on no the doubt. island, put
6: him in action, put him in action, and let's see, see what happens. You, and, um, you can bet
2: the ranch this Clemson staff is going to have this thing schemed up. They're, that's how good they are. Yes. So we're hey, just we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to be able to win, man. We're, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a lot of one on one battles, and we're gonna have to be and, able to and win and them.
6: Get, and Gary, and you could bet you could bet the ranch that we got our guys schemed up too. That's what, that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's the beauty of this game. I don't feel like they're the only ones To scheme anything anymore. I think we have the guys that can scheme it now too. Yeah, and we I do. Huge, huge upgrade. Absolutely. So I listen, hey, we do this every week, and now I'm gonna make my prediction. Okay, and I see us. I see us in the 30s. So I say us 33, 23, 33. 23. Sounds
2: I don't think there's anybody listening right now that wouldn't take that.
6: Hey man, I called it. I say what I said.
2: I believe in. My All right, boys. Ross.
6: I'm always believing, in my boys, man. I won't come up we'll throwing bouquets at Clemson. Keep throwing them bouquets, <laughs> Gary. Keep your hold, but keep throwing those bouquets, man.
2: All right, um, man. D-Black,
6: I need you well, to get on, D-Black. Come on, D-Black. Get on, get in here.
2: I don't know if he's on All tonight. Right. I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen him. I don't
6: know. I he is. But, hey, hey, keep me on hold, and you keep throwing your bouquets, man. And, and, All like, right, Ross. Everything and...
2: we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, I'm going to hit a few of these questions uh, that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com before we get back to calls. Um, can the second level stop their running game? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, you know, if they're getting to the second level and it's, you know, Travis Etienne against our linebackers, I, I think we got a problem. I, I mean, you know, there's, I don't think that's a, that, that's a secret. Uh, the defensive tackles must win up front or else it's going to be a long night. Um, what would we like to see from the team and the staff that would be considered a win regardless of score? Be competitive in the fourth quarter still be in the game in the fourth quarter and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And if if they're in the game in the fourth quarter, uh, to me, that's going to be a win and it's going to be something that they can build upon win or lose. If you can somehow figure out a way to pull it out. Now you're playing for something big time this year, because I don't see too many other teams left on the schedule that I think have anywhere close to the depth on the defensive side of the ball to, uh, deal with this offense so you know we'll, we'll see what happens but I, I would say be competitive in the fourth quarter um, we should be exploiting Clemson's linebackers and safeties all night with the running backs and tight ends absolutely uh, you know the, the the running backs and tight ends are the strength of Miami's offense once you get past the Eric King and absolutely you always you know, feed the tight ends in my opinion and I just had the argument with Ross about both of them playing at the same time Um, yeah, I would go into every game, feed those tight ends as much as you can. And, you know, I think, you you know, you have a chance for a happy result. Virginia's running quarterback gave Clemson some issues early. Do, um, can King be expected to have more running attempts than all three last games combined? I'm going to say no to that because this is a different defense and, the thing about Clemson, and we'll see how good they are Saturday, but they're going to have athletes, and you know whatever whatever openings uh the Eric King is likely to find are probably not going to be the same as they were maybe against you know Louisville and Florida State and even u a b so I'm not expecting that uh you know, but I guess you never know i mean if the offensive line's having problems. Then he'll obviously have be you know be running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So it'll depend on how the game evolves. But going in, I would, would like to think that the offense is going to be a little bit more um, wired into the game than it just being the Eric King, you know, running around trying to make something happen. Can our defensive backs cover well enough so um, so that the defensive line can pressure Lawrence? Uh, I'm not sure the answer to that is yes. I think defensive line is going to have to be able to pressure Lawrence. I I think it's kind of the other way around. Can the defensive line pressure Lawrence well enough to where the DBs don't have to be perfect? Because like I said earlier in the show, this kid can fit a ball wherever he wants. So if he's standing there and he's comfortable delivering it, that also would not be obviously a good thing for the Canes. All right, let's go back to your calls. 563-999-3550, 563-999 three five five oh you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um let's go out to the two zero two where my main man Deuce is on the line. Deuce talk to us What's what you got you? this week?
16: What's going on Gary? How are you? Doing good, doing good man.
18: What you got? Yeah, so um I feel real good. Um I'm not necessarily worried at all. This is not uh you know the 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 Clemson of the last four years, this is a, a different type of team. Case in point, you probably couldn't name anyone on their defense right now, just off the top of your head. Nope. You, you you can't name anyone. No. You know you're right. Yeah. Exactly. So we're not going to treat them. I mean,
2: I've got the I've got all the names, obviously. I mean, I could name them, right. but I don't think that's your right. point. I think the, the the point you're making is they don't have an established star on the defensive side of the ball, and that's very accurate.
18: They're right. We, we, can, we can do whatever we want to do to them offensively. We can do whatever we want to do. They're right. Venables is going to play. He's going to blitz. He's going to do uh, you know fire zone and stuff like that. Um, but he's also going to play a lot of zone. He he has corners, but he hasn't seen enough of them uh, to, to, to just turn them loose and say we're going to do this. No. And then at the same time, if you, if you don't play zone, his safeties are awful. Actually, his safeties, they're awful. His linebackers, the same way we feel about our linebackers, that's how they feel about their linebackers. They don't have any you, – you, could you imagine Knighton getting isolated on one of those linebackers? It, that Venables is going to do everything he can do to ensure that that doesn't happen. So Venables is going to play a lot of zone. And Derek King, I, I like him against zone because he can see, you know, where everything is. You know, there's no anticipation to the point where, like, you know, back, back, uh, back shoulder throws and things of that nature. So I feel real good about what we can do offensively. Defensively, I think this is where you want to find find out if if Manny is 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 as uh, good as he thinks he is because he's going to have the opportunity to to show it. You know, Trevor Lawrence. So what Clemson what Clemson does is they do a lot of misdirection and they get the ball out quick. He takes deep shots, but those deep shots are worked into. The game plan by them keeping you so off balance and you get so worried about so many different things. Then they hit you with a deep shot. They don't have the receivers that they just throw balls up to one on one like they had with Mike Williams and uh, and, and uh, the kid from Alabama that's, that's out this year or T Higgins. They don't have that. But they have Frank Latson, But you, you you couldn't possibly think DJ Ivy scared of Frank Latson as much as DJ Ivy struggled. He, he, why would he be afraid of someone he, he's known pretty much his whole life? You, you know what I'm saying? Well, Same it'll way, it'll,
2: it'll it'll depend if he can run with him.
18: Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, the way man he calls his defense, he, a lot of, a lot of people think we play man more than we more than we do, especially when we blitz. It's always with a shell over top of it. So he's not going. He's going to leave a, a, a area of the field void, but he'll never uh, leave a guy in position to get beat one on one. Very very few teams hit bombs on us. Um, and if they do, it's like uh, with Florida last year, with uh, everybody thought it was Fry's, uh it was Fry's fault, but it was actually Amari Carter didn't get over the top in time. Little things like that, we, we can't, we can't let that happen. But more so, this this game is about who can disguise better. So Manny's gonna want to blitz, but he can't do the delayed safety blitz from 40 yards out. Trevor Lawrence would have gotten the ball out 20 minutes before the safety it. There's no point in even playing around like that. You're not going to fool them or anything like that. So if you're going to blitz, shoot everything from the box. Don't blitz anything from from safety or, you know, even even from nickel. Just blitz from the box because it it makes no sense for you, for your blitz to take six seconds to get there when they're getting out in 2.86 seconds. You know, you know. So it's going to be who can who can you know uh, Venables can disguise, and he can scheme up his disguise as well. We got to see if Manny can actually do that. Sometimes I feel like we, we disguise good. Other times I feel like we're awful at it. Um and ultimately the game's gonna come down to third downs on both sides of the ball for us. If we can stay on the field by converting to third downs, we, we we can win this game. If we can't get Clemson off the field on third downs, we can't win this game. So it's very, very simple for us. It's third downs on both sides of the football. I'm not really worried about that D line. Um I feel like uh Pittsburgh's D line will probably be uh Uh, A tougher task than Clemson's D line. I'm not worried about their linebackers. um, Not worried about their safeties. They have two confident corners, but the way we run our offense, Lashley can scheme things into existence. So he can do things like, for instance, he motions D. Wiggins towards the line of scrimmage. So even if the corner wanted to jam him, he couldn't. And this whole point is, I'm going deep. I don't want you to touch him. I just motion him. So. Like little things, like you know, uh, Rowland said that uh, Pope is small, yeah, but you can move on a line of scrimmage so none of that really matters, this can't catch the ball, you know. And I agree with you, Will Mallory is the second best receiver, Revin is the first, and uh, I think D Wiggins is third. Uh, I, after that, I would go probably Pope, and and I think, um, Jeremiah Payton in that mix as well, or more so over Harley. But Harley goes Well, we got to see business. we got to see Payton
2: do something first. <laughs> yeah,
9: yeah. I,
18: I don't I don't need to, I don't need to see any more of him to to know that he he probably will be more more equipped to help us than Mike Harley from an athleticism standpoint. Like Mike Harley goes about his business, he blocks well, he knows the plays. But Mike, Mike Harley has his issues as well. But I, I don't I don't uh I'm not I'm not afraid of him Um, you know that's this is this is not a Personally, uh, Alabama uh, is, is better than them. Uh, I don't think they're the best team in the country. And I think if they play Alabama on the neutral field, Alabama will, will, will probably beat them by two touchdowns, my personal opinion. So I, I don't think it's a – I don't even know if they beat us by two touchdowns. I think this is a game that we can stay within 10 points. And if we, you know, we get late in the third quarter and we're still there, what really – how you slay the dragon is you stay around and you stick around. You either get on top of them and strangle them or you stay around and when you stay around late, that's when you start to get worried because, hold on, everybody said we were, we we're going to beat this team by 14 points. Why are they still here? Why why, why are we only up three with with uh, six minutes left in the game? What's going on? Then you start to doubt. Then that's when our tempo kicks in. Okay, well, mm-hmm. with, with their D line and their linebackers, you think they're going to keep up with our tempo? If we're in the game and we're, we're doing things to them that, we, that I know we can, we'll be in this game. We, if we lose, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's understandable. But if we you know, if we do what we're supposed to do, there's no reason why we can't win this football game. You know, I I I pick my poison. I would rather stop ETN and let Trevor Lawrence try to do something than let E T N run all over us. So I would more so play to stop the run and say, Hey, Trevor, if you won't beat us tonight, you don't beat plenty of people before, you're gonna have to do it again. Because 'cause they're not gonna run the football or, you know, j- just just run between the tackles on us. That's not really their game anyway. More so, I think that what they're going to do to us is they're going to do all, a whole lot of misdirection and screens and draws and stuff like that. And I think what we'll do is the same thing. Because remember, we haven't shown any smash route concepts. We haven't, haven't really shown that. We haven't really shown our read option, how we, how we run it in big games. Um, what else? We haven't really shown misdirection on our end. We haven't really seen anything, um, any reverses or anything like that. Uh, any like flash sweeps for the most part, so it's a whole lot of things um, in our bag that we can pull out, and I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty confident, that I'm not really I'm not really stressed one way the other. I feel like it'll be a if we win, I think it'll be like a 38 to 35 type of game. Um, I, I'm thinking in that in that ballpark. All
2: right, dude, You got anything else tonight? Nah,
18: man, that's
15: it, man.
2: Okay. All right, man. Give us a call next week, and we'll uh, talk about the game. Good talking to you as always. Okay, a couple more questions, really quick here. Um, if you're the defensive coordinator for Miami, what would you do to slow down Trevor Lawrence and Clemson? And same as defensive coordinator for Clemson, how would you slow down King and the Miami offense? Um, I think Miami defending Trevor Lawrence on Saturday night, uh, you got to get the third down. Uh, you know, I mean, your 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 biggest edge is your defensive ends being able to tee off and go after the quarterback and and maybe supporting them with some uh, clever blitzes and to do that really effectively. I think you got to get the third down just because of the way Etienne can run the ball. I just, I don't feel like you could just tee off on the passer uh, on on first down. So uh, you got to get the third down and and go after him, you know, and and hope you can get there before the ball leaves his hand. Because uh, like I've said all night, this kid can really, really sling it. He's extremely accurate and, uh, he can put this, this thing through windows that not many guys in college football can. So the um, best thing to do is go after him and get to him. But to do that, I think you got to get the third down. Um, in terms of Clemson defending us, um, i got to believe that Brett Venables is going to come right after us. Uh, I, you know, He believes in offensive defense. I think he'll come right after us. I think he's going to test our, our offensive line the best that he can. Um, I think he's going to want to, when he looks at the tape and sees – Cam Harris and Knighton and those guys running the way they're running. I think he's going to want to turn us into a passing team. Uh, so, you know, very, very, very similar. Get us in third and long and turn us into a passing team. Um, and I think he'll do that by teeing off on the line of scrimmage on, on, on first down. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, if and only if we do blank, then we will have a legitimate chance of winning this game um you know uh, to win this game Miami's gonna have to score points and uh to score points the offensive line is gonna have to be able to handle the pressure that Clemson's gonna bring it so bring against it so um I'll say if and only if we block people up front (laughs) and and that and that includes the running backs being able to pick up guys and that's not been the strength of cam harris's game to this point in his career you got a couple freshmen running backs who have never really been put into that type of situation um so i'm going to say that i'm going to say being able to block people and, and and pick up blitzers and things like that is uh is what miami's going to need to do to have a legitimate chance to outscore clemson essentially um you know I, that, that that's what I, th- I think i would say um Will they play man or zone on their defense? I think we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of man because I don't think that Brett Venables is going to look at our receivers and be scared at all. And um, you know, I think he's going to be more concerned with the tight ends and the running backs than the receivers in the passing game. And I think he's going to put his corners on an island with Pope and Wiggins and those, and, and those guys and count on them to be able to cover them. Uh, so that he could focus more more attention on the guys that he thinks are our biggest weapons. So that's that's kind of like what what I'm expecting. But you know you know we'll see we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, if Miami keeps it within the spread and plays a good game but loses, do we make the college playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think that we can lose this game and make the college playoffs um, unless, obviously, we win the ACC title game. And then if we have one loss and we we beat Clemson in the ACC title game, then, yeah, we would make the playoffs. Um, I think if we win this game and then lose to Clemson in the ACC title game, the question becomes, can we make the playoff with one loss in that situation? And I think that would depend on who else is in the picture. Obviously, the SEC bias would always kick in there. Uh, so, you know, we'll just have to see how the season plays out um, to see how that goes. All right, let's uh, go, go back to your calls. If we have time for a couple more tonight, let's go to the 423. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're live on Kingsport Live. Uh, let's see
17: how that goes. 423, you with us? Right, go back to your calls. Time.
2: Going once, going twice. Okay, that didn't go very well. Uh, let's go to the 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
19: Hey, Gary. How's it going?
2: Doing great. Who's this?
19: This
2: is Jake from
19: St. Pete. How you doing?
2: What's going on, Jake?
16: Talk to us. What you got?
19: Yeah, so, by the
0: way.
19: Oh, God. My wife's chiming in. She's pissed because it's date night and
2: uh, I'm on the call.
19: Uh, (laughs) so I can't, she's she's going to give uh, you five
2: minutes. Tell her that's all you need is five
19: minutes. (laughs) That's all exactly. That's it. Um, Hey, I came on the call late, but, uh, I was curious, did you guys talk about, you know, last week, uh, I I was saying, uh, I think we're going to see a big Will Mallory package this weekend. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, if, if you look at the, the first three games we played, You know, every one of them had a kind of a a precipice where we just, you know, took over and started blowing things out. It seemed like Will Mallory was involved in all three of those games uh, on some plays, and then they just kind of, you know, rather than keeping him in the game, he just checks out after that. Um, You know, even UAB, it got got called back, but that 75-yard touchdown, I feel like that just kind of lit things up a little bit, Uh, you know, showed the offense was for real. And I can't help but think that that's by design that he's, you know, when they need a big play, they seem to be going to him. And then once they get that big play, he's gone. He's, uh, he's out of the picture with a kid with that kind of talent. there's There's got to be some design to that. And I can't help but think that in August, when that schedule comes out, they got Clemson circled and they say, look, this is when, this is when it happens. That's my take on it. But, I think this weekend he's going to put up some big numbers, and I'm looking for two touchdowns
2: on him. I'm yeah, I I, I agree. That. I mean, I, I was just uh, arguing with Ross about that a little while ago. I, I To me, that kid's got to be involved. I mean, has to be involved every game, and I think he's the most underutilized player on this roster, and he's a junior now, and it's time. Do you and...
19: think there's some credence to that, though, that, that he – they are deliberately not utilizing them. I mean, obviously, because we'll, we'll find out them. Saturday.
2: I think you're making a yeah. great, <laughs> a great deduction there. And I've thought about that too. And we're going to find out Saturday because yeah, that kid's, that kid's too good to not be more involved.
19: Another quick question for you. Um, just, you, you, you kind of just touched base on it. Would you rather have, a loss right now, or a loss in the ACC title game against Clemson?
2: If you're going to go one and one, yeah, then you would say now. I mean, that's the money game, the ACC title game. The winner of that game goes to the playoffs. So now,
19: what what do you think though? If like if it's kind of lopsided on one end, now you, are you still saying like so? So, for instance, um, let's say you know we we just crush them on Saturday, but then they win the ACC title game.
2: Then then they go to the playoff. They go to the playoff. We go to the we either get the a second spot in the playoff or go to the Orange Bowl.
19: Okay, so you think that's a forgotten win if uh, if they lose in the title game?
2: Yeah, probably because, you know, you got to figure there's going to be two SEC teams to get into the playoffs. It just seems to always work out that way.
19: Yeah, just like, because I, I mean, I was just thinking about it, but like right now, I, I don't see on paper why, you know, everyone says they're the number one team in the country. I just, this defense that they have to me just seems to lack an identity. I don't think there's any star power, yeah. I don't think there's anything doing. I think Miami could catch them off guard with the offense that they have and, uh, you know, maybe put up some big numbers, get a big win this weekend. But then I wonder if you give Venables the whole rest of the season, get these young guys develop, you know, maybe we win by, by, you know, 15, 20 points this weekend but then oh gets this defense going.
2: And in the,
19: Oh, you're saying, Oh my God. you, you, don't think <laughs> you
2: that can, can happen? I mean, you think we're going to go to Clemson and win by 15, 20 points. I know anything's possible, but I think
19: Clemson's I, got two players. I think they got two out of 22 ETN and Lawrence and yeah, they're the best in the business at what they do beyond that. I don't see that much. Jackson Carmen's pretty good, but Hey, they were putting pressure on them. Uh, all week last weekend. I, I didn't think that offensive line looked that great last weekend. Um, so, and we've got a much better defensive line than Virginia does. So,
1: I. All right, well, let's I do this. like Notre Dame
19: 2017 right now. That's what I feel like.
2: All right, well let's 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 um let's agree to this. Let's uh you're asking great questions, you're making great points. I just think you're a week early on them. You know, let's let's see we'll, what uh, happens. We'll talk on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's 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 see what happens here Saturday and we'll be able to slice it and dice it up really well next week.
19: Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All Go right, man, man, anything
2: else? We'll find out
19: no, that's it. That's it. I'll right, catch go, you on Tuesday. Go, go take I'll care be, of the uh, wifey,
2: man. Go take care of the wifey. Yeah, yeah.
19: She, she'll be happy. I'm off. Yep. And, and, t- <laughs> and tell her all. Tell her
2: all. Tell her all the guys on CaneSport Sport Live said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
17: We'll do. All right, all right man. Take it easy. Yep. Bye bye. Bye.
2: All right, guys. Um, final question that was submitted is very simple. Why not us? Okay. And I think that when you looked at this game a month ago and you see Clemson on the road, you're going down the schedule and you're putting an L on your piece of paper or on your refrigerator magnet, or you know wherever you kind of sort these things away, your phone, whatever. And I think everybody is does, would have done the same uh you know I mean there's no doubt about it now, we've seen a whole different. Offensive football team so far this year, and that means we have a chance to score points. And you know, I was kind of shocked, quite frankly, and I'm guilty of this just like everybody else. I just looked at the name Clemson up there and number one ranking, and I made a lot of assumptions that this is going to be a typical Clemson team. Obviously, I knew about Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, and um, you know, had. Just assume this is going to be another playoff team, top top two, three team this year, and the usual Clemson juggernaut that they've been for nine straight years now. But once we got into this thing in the last week and I started really diving deep into the into their roster and their team, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I mean, I was I was kind of shocked at what I was finding. Like this is not a seasoned football team. Once you get past the quarterback and the running back, um, you know, the, 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 the receivers, we you know we've seen some good things from Amari Rodgers so far this, this season. Um, the number two receiver, Frank Latson, is, is still trying to establish himself. Uh, so, you know, I think Miami's defense will, will obviously key a lot on Rodgers and, and put the pressure on the other guys to beat him. Uh, who have not done it before. Um, You know, they've got an okay tight end in uh, Braden Galloway. I mean, he's okay. He's not better than Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory. Um, Their O-line is in transition. They've, you know, they recruit well. They've got good prospects. But, you know, this is not a tested, a battle-tested offensive line by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Their most veteran defensive end Justin Foster has been banged up, hasn't really played this year. I don't know if he'll be back Saturday or not, but, um, you know, they're, they're having to rely a lot on a couple of highly regarded true freshmen. They're true freshmen. So, you know, we don't, you know, my, my point is this, that this is not the same Clemson that we've grown accustomed to seeing in college football the past several years. And when you look at Miami's ability to score and possibly keep up in a shootout, then this game could get interesting. And, you know, I think Miami, if they could just be competitive, walks out of there a winner win. you know, regardless of the scoreboard, but I don't think it's out of the question that they could steal this game. And I don't think I'm being a blind ass fan. Like everything 305 loves to call us or, you know, wearing orange and green glasses or anything like that. You know, I try to keep it real, and I don't think this game is in, in, is insurmountable. It's going to take a yeoman effort. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's 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 an it's you know it's it's not a it's out of the question. So, if the question being asked is why not us, I would agree. You know, why not us? And I think that that's the mindset that these kids are going to take with them on the road this weekend. I, th- I think, you know, that, that the coaching on the offensive side of the ball has been upgraded. We've got some holes on defense. I'm more concerned about the defense in this game than I am the offense, believe it or not. Uh, but this, will, this should be a real football game. And I expect Miami to represent itself well. That doesn't mean they'll win, but I do think they'll represent themselves well. And I'm uh, looking forward to talking about it with everybody uh, next week. All right. I want to thank uh, Dwayne Starks for joining us tonight. Uh, he, he gave us some great, great insight and uh, Bruce Warner, of course, and uh, Miami and Clemson Saturday night. We'll see what happens. And uh, we'll be back here. Um, I believe it's going to be Tuesday, back to Tuesday nights next week. Uh, the only caveat, and, I, and I'm going to try to check that really quick right now is um, if the Miami heat get to a game, seven what night of the week that would be and that would be tuesday so if the heat goes to game seven i'll probably move the show uh might even move it to monday so keep your eyes open on that since you know we'll have the game to talk about Um, if the heat are not playing game seven we'll be back in our normal tuesday night slot so until then uh let's enjoy this. This, this this is a special weekend for miami football and i'll say